Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast, episode number 92. I can't fucking believe it. This is You know Adrian. we can't say that every episode, right? The last time I did it was episode 88, <laughs> where, you know, it was a Back to the Future reference, uh-huh. but thanks for ruining it. No problem. Welcome to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, comics, games, any media in between. My name is Adrian, the masterful dude of dueliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandose co-host. <laughs> is I, James, Dr. Rude Ramos. MD. MD. That's right. Uh, and I, we, are joined by a very special guest. Wait a minute, that's not George Bone King? No, 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 no. We've upgraded. I'm not upgraded. I'm sorry. He's just not here today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, he's not here today because... He doesn't consume media. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so it's because I'm the captain now. <laughs> oh <right>. shit! <laughs> so instead, we've got my close and personal friend. Go back a long time. It is Zerk. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm happy to be here. Like I was so surprised when you hit me up because I thought you hit me up to talk about the thing that I was trying to talk to you about before, and then you're like, "Hey, you want to be on the show?" I was like, "Stuff oh, won't. Yeah. We're not gonna bring up on the show." Well, because I originally wanted to have him on uh, for the Lovecraft Country special, but I never watched it. So. Right? Have uh, you watched it since? Okay. The thing is, <laughs> the person I, I usually don't like horror, but I was gonna watch it because I met a girl at a party and she said I should watch it, and I was like, "Cool, I'll watch it if you watch it with me." But then when it came, so I was waiting for her, waiting for her. And then she was like, you know, I'm like too busy to like be dating or doing stuff like that right now. So like you should still watch it. But, you know, by wow, that is that is the weirdest letdown I've ever. Yeah. Heard. So then I was like, you know, what? maybe one day I'll watch it like <laughs> with somebody. But like, that's not something I think I want to watch on my own. Mm. Mm. All right. So. I, I watched it after he watched it. He did a special. Yes. Uh, I, I forgot what who I'm sorry Christine Christine I'm sorry I fucking failed you but <laughs> uh but yeah I watched it I would say um it's really good I just I felt the ending could have been better. all right let's bring it back to today's episode <laughs> oh yeah because today's episode is a reaction review yep. for an Amazon original series Invincible which is which is funny because this is now the third kind of cape stuff we've yeah we're reviewing. We did uh, Zack Snyder Justice League. Mm-hmm. We did Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh no, this is the fourth. Wandavision. Right. We're just gonna do a sub show, I guess, without <laughs> I mean, Bone King. I mean, but that's what's coming out. So yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> he, he's just like, busy editing. He pretty much just edits and plays video games. So like, anytime it's a new show, he's just like, I haven't seen it. Mm. Yeah, it's like fuck. <laughs> nah, he'll like watch his boyfriend watch it for like like. 10 minutes and he's like oh yeah i understand the show the show kind of sucks i'm not into it i'm like bro you watch like 10 minutes of the opening credits like chill yeah that's exactly what it's like like he's he's gotta at least give it a three episode test but you do three i do five i do five well for anime sure well it depends right if it's like anime and it's a 12er it's only a three episode but if it's 24 then okay you do five but or if it's like it, an 800 episode thing, like fucking so One Piece or Naruto. You like 50, I've heard. Like, no, see, so here's my problem with that, though. Like, okay, I get a lot of shit for not liking Attack on Titan. Okay, fine. Have that face. But if, if here, you guys could see the look on my face right now. <laughs> here's my problem is that I tell people, yeah, I just didn't like the first, like I gave, I watched the whole first season. It didn't catch me. And they're like, oh, well, that's because you gave up too soon. I'm like, I gave it a whole season. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you're, I don't think yeah. that's too soon. I don't think you gave up too soon. I think you just might have poor taste. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, wow. Clearly, I'm, clearly, I'm friends with you two. <laughs> so me. why me? Why right, me? Innocent bystander. Like, like, what the fuck did I even? Wrong, I didn't even watch Attack on Titan because time. fuck that's you. Why. <laughs> so fuck off. Anyway, though, before we go ahead and get into our reaction review, let's get into our recents. Uh, why don't you start us off, dude? Well. Mine is slim pickings. I've been working more than 40 hours like okay. the past two weeks. It has been bonkers at work. But I finally, thank Christ, finished Oz. Mm. Now, um, I heard the ending was a slog. <laughs> to put it lightly, <laughs> Rude, to put it lightly, have you watched uh, Oz? Before my time. My parents watched it. <laughs> okay, the first fucker, well, you're not that much younger no, than I us, just, all right? We're the same age. I'm just yeah, saying. Exactly. When it was so coming when it was coming on, like when it was airing originally, right. we were like teen early teens. Yeah. My parents watched it and they would talk about it, but like I never actually watched it cuz I was doing other stuff. I would actually really love a show if we could do like a freaky five shows that like dropped in quality type of thing oh because uh, the first four seasons do we just automatically omit game of thrones because that's just on the list <laughs> yeah. across the yeah board. <laughs> like you include it but you just go game of thrones and then you move on to the that's next right. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh like the, know why. <laughs> the first four seasons of oz superb great i loved it the characters were great the characters were fleshed out a lot of gay sex a lot of nudity a lot of killing every episode somebody fucking died <laughs> Yay. But the last two episodes. Episodes or seasons? Sorry. Sorry. Excuse me. The last two seasons, mm. it's like a completely different showrunner. It's like a completely different writer's team. I don't know what the fuck happened. All the all the characters made dumb fucking decisions. Uh, I'm glad it ended. I did like the final episode. But other than that, I I don't think I can recommend it. You know what I mean? It's one of those like. I'm glad I watched it, but I don't know if I can recommend it. Watch Sopranos. Watch The Wire if you're going to do an HBO thing. Watch I The Deuce. Um, I also started playing Zombie Army Trilogy. Uh, I'm sorry. Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Okay. Which takes after Trilogy. It's a really fun arcade zombie type of thing. And it just makes me anticipate Back for Blood that much more. The Left 4 Dead spinoff that we're all going to play, apparently. Okay. Why, you, me, and Frothy. Why is it you're saying you are playing the fourth installation of Zombie Army, and my first time hearing about Zombie Army was today because of the movie? Oh, that's Army, Army of, of the Dead. Dead. Oh, never, never mind. Okay, you're right. <laughs> zombie zombie Army is I mean, a... They not, sorry. Easy, easy mistake to me. Sure. <laughs> it, it is just zombies galore. Generic zombie title, too. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the... The thing about Zombie Army, I want you to picture it. It's um, it's like with the aesthetic of a B movie in the '80s, like with just a lot of synth, a lot of like mm-hmm. cool backgrounds, cool aesthetics. All the zombies. It's basically raised by Hitler. You're in World War II era Europe, and the zombies have overtaken Europe. So Call of Duty. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, actually, yes. But it's what with a better story. And a lot more modes in it. It's just completely separate. Have you ever heard of Sniper Elite? Yes, I want to say yes. Um, it's it's a it's a a very revered third person shooter. A lot of people seem to like it. I really enjoy it. Uh, but the same team that made that used the assets of that and used the gameplay of that to make Zombie Army. Okay. So it's like two different stories of two different universes of how World War Two went. Okay. 
the great thing about Sniper Elite, you get to kill Hitler in every game, sniping him, and you can, yes, kill him by shooting him in his balls. Nice. And you see it in an x-ray. I just want that to be noted. All right. I'm well, here for shooting Hitler in the balls. I get it. I, I want that. I, 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 but that's it. That's the end of my recents. Like I told you, slim pickings here. Surprisingly, not a lot of hunt in my recents. Uh, I've been playing a game pretty much nonstop since last March called Hunt Showdown. Okay. Berserk. Uh, but uh, I actually haven't played it a lot recently because A, it's been kicking my ass. And B, I've been playing some other shit. Finally, I think it's a little title that not a lot of people talked about. Yeah, it's a certain super indie game, really un- unheard of. It's called Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> so the the legendary collection just came out. You fucking were buying that hook, I think, line. And I sick. think I've heard of that somewhere before. <laughs> yeah. So the the legendary collection came out. You play like like uh, was it like? zookeeper or something what's the, what the character's name it's like a person who like keeps animals <laughs> uh, i think like a herder yes Her- herder yeah. it's commander herder, herder. Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> uh uh and this is my favorite bit on the citadel um <laughs> yeah so i've been playing the, the collection and i'm so fucking excited like I've, 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 I've been loving the fuck out of it the improvements they made to mass effect one incredible Mm-hmm. So fucking good. How are you playing it? PS4? PS4. PC? Okay. Which it comes with a free PS5 upgrade, which is nice. great. I'm good. loving that shit. So whenever the PS5 becomes a thing people can actually buy again, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but what I'm really excited about, this is actually going to be my first time taking a character all the way from one to three. Where are you by now? Are you finished? I'm in. I'm about to finish two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I originally played Mass Effect, I never, I've never owned an Xbox. Right. So I originally played Mass Effect on PC. So I played Mass Effect 1 and 2 on PC. And then that PC shat itself. So do. then, when I wanted to continue playing Mass Effect, I bought the, uh, the collection for the PS3, which was Mass Effect 2 and 3. Not Mass Effect 1 for uh, some okay. reason. Instead, you played through the events of Mass Effect 1 as like an interactive comic. So you can make some very basic decisions. Okay. Because decisions carry over from game to right, game. Right, right, right. And that is by far my favorite thing about this series. Is it is so cool to me to be like in the second game and the mother, like the what I thought was just a random ass NPC ends up like being super helpful to me in this mission in fucking Mass Effect 2. That is, for, in terms of immersion... That is that is why Mass Effect has my love, despite the way the th- despite the way the three ends. I, I do I do have a question. Are you going with male Shep or femme Shep? Uh, I I start with male Shep. I have a very specific face that I because first off I want to say for the record <laughs> that uh, default male Shep looks like he wasn't cooked in the oven long enough. Oh like something's wrong with him. I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. That's with the him. eyes. So I do my first playthrough as male Shep. Mm-hmm. And then I do my insanity uh, difficulty playthrough as Fem Shep because she's the it, real hero of the story. Oh, no, no, I was going to say it's just more realistic to life. Like, just women play life on insane mode when, <laughs> when us as men have it on easy mode. <laughs> well, no, actually, what it really is is she's a better voice actress. Mm. Uh, and actually, what I thought was really, really cool was the voice actress recorded a video of herself, like, reacting to the release trailer of the tra- collection mm-hmm. because something she has voiced in the past 
is that she always felt like Femshep wasn't important. Because, like, in all of the materials, it was always male Shepard in all the trailers and all of that. So she always just kind of felt like Femme Shepard wasn't a real character. She was just, like, optional. Hmm. Meanwhile, in the Legendary Collection trailer, Femme Shep is equally, like, featured as male Shepard is. Which I think is really cool, and it, like, affected her emotionally, which is cool. I like someone who's invested in their work to that level. Uh, Beyond that, that's all I've played in games. Uh, I'm still playing Hades. Uh, I, I think I'm done after five replays of Resident Evil Village. I think I'm, I'm putting it down for right now. So you're not going to platinum it? I will, just not right now. Oh, okay. Um, Give him a sec. I know, man. <laughs> no, because he's in it. Have you yeah. platinum it yet? No. No, okay. Uh, but I've done five playthroughs of the game. To be fair, I've got my playtime down to about two hours, ten minutes. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so you speed running? Now I am, yeah. <laughs> Um, beyond that, uh, Love Death Robots season two came out. Yes. I'm really disappointed in how few episodes there are. Yeah. It's eight <laughs> episodes versus 18 in season one. Was it that many in season one? Or it was 16 or 18. It was a lot. I just know this one was short. Yes. Yeah. Way short. Um, that being said, the animation quality in some of these, like there was legitimate photorealism. And at least four of these episodes. I loved the dialogue. I mean, obviously, season one as well. But I, I did really love the dialogue here in that um, I watched it with somebody. And there were episodes where it was like it ended and we paused before the next episode because we wanted to talk about yeah. that that sort of social construct or, sure. or social dialogue that they touched on. So, like, we had a long discussion after Snow in the Desert. Right. <laughs> we had... We had a pretty decent discussion after the the one with the uh with the immortality. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was cool. And the one with uh with the appliances, I felt like <laughs> that was directly taken from. It was essentially okay. So the person I watched with was like, "I'll never watch Black Mirror because like I'm too emotional and like some of those things I've heard are like too deep for me and I'll get shook." But I was like, that episode was basically Metalhead. So, (laughs) so here's a really funny thing about that, though, is, yes, there is a lot of direct comparison that can be drawn between uh, Love, Death, and Robots and Black Mirror. They have a lot of, like, what-if situations about humanity. I just typed, you're right, it's 18 episodes. Oh, cool. But, the thing about that is, so I don't know if you, first, I'm going to, two things that I, well, one thing that I just learned and one thing that I've known. I just learned that I've had many conversations with people where I'm like, yeah, the first episode where this and this happens, and they're like, I don't remember that. Netflix randomizes the order of the episodes of Love, Death, and Robots for every Netflix account. Dude, you know why I know that, how I realized that? is because after it ended, we were like, wait, it's over? And so I went on IMDb, and I was like, it says that the last episode is Snow in the Desert. (laughs) And so I was like, wait, there's supposed to be one more, because we just watched this one, and it says this is number seven. Snow in the Desert 8. And I went through, I was like, wait, what's Snow in the Desert? This was like five. Like, yeah. what the heck? So, yeah, that's So, they ran it. So, I wish I would have known that, though. Because <laughs> right. I've had so many conversations. I was like, yeah, the first episode. And we're talking about names. two different episodes altogether. Yep. Yeah, you have to learn actual names. Exactly. So, that's why, like, Sonny's is important to mention. Because for me, that was the first episode right. of season one. For, for us, it was the, the vacuum cleaner one. The vacuum? Oh, you're talking about episode two. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about season two, I mean. Season two, yeah. Yeah, see, for me, the first episode was was the vacuum cleaner one also. But then the last one was, 
I want to say the immortality one. Or no, it was either that one or the giant one. What's the last one? I don't remember. It Whatever. It matter. wasn't snow in the desert. And that's what IMDb says. So, <laughs> what I was going to bring up, and it's how, like, you know, how it's taking from, uh, from uh, Black Mirror. So, here's the thing, though, is that Love, Death, and Robots was originally supposed to be a heavy metal series. For those of you who don't know, Heavy Metal was a comic published between the early 70s, and I think it was still continually published until some point in the last decade. I don't know if it's still published. Mm -hmm. I haven't followed it in a long time. But Heavy Metal was an adult anthology comic publication. So it was one-shot stories. Okay. Okay? Um, Yeah, I love the cartoon movie. that I think it came out, what, 89, 90? Well, there was Heavy Metal 88 and then Heavy Metal 2000. Which came out, what, 90? 2000. Oh, it actually came out <laughs> yeah, in 2000. Correct, um, but yeah. So you, but it it that that was one of the first like anthology, like that Twilight Zone, all that stuff. Those are all anthology movies. Love, Death, and Robots or series. Love, Death, and Robots season one was supposed to be heavy metal. What happened? But copyright fell through. Oh, they couldn't get the rights to it. But by that point, all of these animators had already produced this content. Right. So Netflix was just like, okay, well, they don't own this content, so let's just release it as some other fucking name. And that's how they came up with the emojis, Love Death Robots. Yeah. Uh, but, so it's funny that, like, a lot of people are going to think, oh, this is just like Black Mirror. But really, Black Mirror is a lot like heavy metal. <laughs> uh, see, so I think I that's very funny. I thought they were funny. connected. I thought they were made by, or, like, produced by the same people. I mean... And that they're both they're both distributed by Netflix. No, not, yes. no dis- distribution. Yes, but I thought it was like the. I don't the, think the, so. The creators or whatever, like. Yes. No, no, no. I I forgot a recent. Oh, okay. Well, I pulled on. the James. Let me let me finish Love Death Robots real quick. Right. Um, no, actually, all of the every single episode in Love Death and Robots is produced by a different studio. Because even their title screen is very similar to Black Mirror, so that's why I thought they were associated. But that's but you get that a lot too when like like title screens are often produced by a separate production company altogether. Okay, that's why like all of the Defender verse titles look the same, like the Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist. Yeah, but see, I thought Fist. that was because they were by Mar- the same Marvel studio. But that's because they're the Mar. But, well, that's just it, is that Marvel produced the show, Netflix produced the title screen. Got you, okay. okay. So, uh, no, every episode of Love, Death, and Robots is actually produced by a different studio, which okay. I think is really cool. That's why you get such wildly different art styles. By the way, one of the, I don't know if, the, it's, it, it, was, it definitely wasn't the best episode in the series, but I still appreciate his involvement of it because I know he loves nerd culture. I liked the Michael B. Jordan episode. Yeah, we were like, is that Michael? It's like, it? yeah, that's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it was great. It was really cool. It was legitimately terrifying. Uh, the one thing I will say about this, uh, this series, it didn't touch on, it touched on a lot of moral quandaries and didn't go into philosophy as much. Like season one had a lot like uh, Zima Blue. Was a very philosophical episode. It was the artist one, right? Yeah the 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 robot who like he started off as a pool cleaner yeah, yeah. and yeah exactly. It's funny that you say that because uh, again the person that I watched season two with like that was their favorite episode of season one. Mm. So like I was it's a great episode. I was talking about that person to you earlier. Like yeah, I think you would really like them. <laughs> but yeah, so season two uh, had a lot of episodes that pose that pose a lot of moral quandaries, 
but didn't delve into a lot of philosophical conversation, which I feel like is sucks. But it was still really good. I enjoyed it. I, for one, am still waiting for our yogurt overlords too. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite episode is still in season one, though. Uh, fuck, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> the the Kitsune hey, episode. Fan. Wow, <laughs> the Kitsune episode. Uh, the the Where she the, saw the, the woman fox. Oh yeah, that was that was in that. Yes, man. Okay. I wish I could remember what it's called right now. But yeah, you know the one I'm talking about, where he builds her a new robotic body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, see, that was the first one for me. That was the first episode. Yeah. Where she was fighting in the the like the underground. No, that's Sunny's. Okay. You're talking about the one where they inhabit monsters and the monsters fight in the arena. Right. I'm talking about the one where it's like the dude that he's like his father hunts monsters, but he befriends the pup, the the fox pup. Right, and then they felt he built her a body. I don't remember that part. Yeah, because she eventually becomes like a prostitute because she's lost her magic. This is spoilers, by the yeah, way. Let's stop. Let me. Let me. It's we'll my get bad. There. It's my bad. It's I right. know I saw it, but <laughs> regardless, Love, Death, and Robot season two definitely give it a watch. Yes. And I love anthology series because it's low commitment. Right. You can just like put on an episode and not get sucked into fucking whatever. Yeah. And then if it doesn't get another season, it's like yeah, oh, exactly. I'm still waiting to see what happened to such and such. And also. I uh, saw the the recent season of Castlevania. Oh, so you binged that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hard. And it's so fucking good. People who listen to the show know there are very few things I appreciate more than a show that ends when it's still good. Yeah. And that's what Castlevania did. Castlevania ended on a great note. Also, I'm really sick of this trend where like production companies think that like your season your series finale is good if it's not a perfectly happy ending. Mm. Like that doesn't make yeah. your series finale good. Right. Like it needs more than that. I like the Castlevania for all its darkness, all its blood. Oh, that's why Daenerys died, but you're mad about that. <laughs> There's so many other things wrong with that season. Daenerys dying is the least of them. <laughs> Just mess but uh so I'm happy that this show ended the way it did. When it did, don't get me wrong, would I love some more Castlevania? Absolutely. But I'm happy it ended now before it became Game of Thrones or Lost or something like that. You or know? Supernatural where it goes 15 seasons. Or Supernatural, yeah. <laughs> you need to know when to end it. So I, I appreciate when a production company knows that. Yeah. They're like, we're ending here where it's still at its peak. And this was absolutely peak Castlevania. Uh, Sifa continues to be Bay. I'm here for it. Uh. <laughs> So I've also, I'm going to use this as a segue, because I also listened to a new song recently by an up-and-coming artist named Zerk. <laughs> so, Zerk, why don't you tell me about that? Uh, up-and-coming? Well, I'm up. I don't know. If, wait. <laughs> I didn't if think you want, we could go yeah. in the back room. <laughs> I didn't think that through before I started it, but it's because I didn't finish it. I was still within bounds. I could finish uh-huh. it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Can I go home now? <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. You've been such a wonderful. You're host. welcome. <laughs> oh, he's, all right. So oh, look at look at kitten. He's bashful. Uh-huh. No, but um. Anyway, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Funny thing is, obviously it's it's fan freaks, so you guys are nerds. So maybe a lot of you uh, we'll enjoy are, it. Are familiar with nerdcore music yeah. in general? So, like one of my favorite conventions now is Magfest, um, which is a music festival slash anime convention. All the artists that play there uh, do nerdcore music. So nerdcore, for those of you who don't know, 
it's just basically any music who, uh, which at its core is nerdy. Yeah. Meaning, like, you can have classical music that's nerdcore. Uh, you have uh, there's string, nerdcore string, metal. The string, the string quartet. Uh, select start. Is they're a string quartet and they play classical Zelda covers and yep. and whatnot. Right. Video games live is an internationally touring full piece orchestra that does uh video game soundtracks uh yep. i saw them live when they came to miami it was great um yeah like you said there's metal the proto men do an entire metal opera rock opera of like the story of mega man yep um super soul bros so is a good. jazz ensemble that does <laughs> you know video game covers and so then you have the godfather shout outs to mega ran who are like nerdcore rappers right so mega ran obviously after mega man uh, he raps about Final Fantasy and Mega Man and just going to conventions, going to Japan, like a lot of weep stuff. I have a song with him called The Very Best, and we rap about Pokemon. So, um, yes, I kind of started doing singles here and there of just Pokemon raps. I would find a beat that I liked. It was like a sample from Pokemon. And I just drop a track and I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, so I would, yeah, I would just do like these little Pokemon tracks here and there. Nothing serious. Um, I reconnected with a friend from high school at an anime con. Um, hadn't seen him since he graduated in 2006, and then here he is, 2013, just at this con. I'm like, what the heck? So he's like, yeah, man, this is my producer. I've been rapping. Like, we got a little something to show you, and blah blah blah. Uh, so check I check out my SoundCloud type of thing. Well, no, it was like he had an album that was ready to come out, and he wanted to, you know, produce or uh, release it for people in the con scene and like nerd scene, and. But he's like a traditionally cool guy. He's like a cool guy that likes anime as opposed to like. Like the stereotypical jock type Us of fucking weeps. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So so he wanted to get my opinion on it. So he brought me over after the con for like a, a listening party. And I listened to it. I started giving critiques. I started telling them like, okay, this is what you have to do like to pop on the convention scene. These are conventions you need to go to, blah, blah, blah. And the producer was like. Well, why don't you manage us since you seem to be in this community? I was like, sure. I've never done it before, but like, whatever. Like, right. this isn't an official studio. Like, I, I'm willing to help you as my friend because I believe in the project. Well, because of that, I was in the studio for like the mix master process and I would hear all the new beats and stuff. And I would play my songs occasionally for them, like, just to be like, oh, what do you think? And eventually the producer was like, you have some talent. Have you ever thought about taking this seriously? I'm like, seriously a rapper like i didn't like the stigma of like every time you meet a rapper right it's like oh that's cool i roll like listen, <laughs> right listen to my soundcloud yeah sure never listen uh -huh. so i'm like i don't want to do that like tell people oh, i'm a rapper now and then like have them listen to my soundcloud and i know they're not and they're just going to be nice to my face you know right. right but he was like you're spending so much time in the studio you might as well so i was like you know what fine it's a valid point. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So I came up with a concept. I dropped my first EP. Um, it's called Game Life. It's a play on No Game, No Life, the anime. Uh, but every song is titled after a different genre of video game. Um, with the finale being FGC because that's my home, the fighting game community. So after that came out, I went back to working with that group on, mon on getting that artist out because he's wanted to do this seriously since before I did, right? Like, that's why we started hanging out again. Uh, but in, in the meantime, he's taking too long. He's very particular and has a lot of things that, like, 
that I call excuses that are stopping him from releasing his music. Oh, so shit. I started working on my second project, and it's called Weep Trash. <laughs> and so I tell you that whole long-ass backstory to get to the point of the single from my Weep Trash project is called Weep Trash. And I dropped a music video last Friday on my YouTube. Um, What's your YouTube called? It is uh, YouTube.com says The Zerk. So it's T-H-E-E. So I make sure that people say the specifically. And I'm kind of upset because Megan the Stallion spells it T-H-E-E, but it's the. And I'm like, that's not how you fucking spell the. So, <laughs> like, I don't want people to think I'm copying her right. in my spelling. It's like, right. no, I want you to say it how it's spelled. The Zerk. Yes, as opposed to Meg. Shout out no to Meg. Underscore nothing, like Meg. Right? No underscore nothing, right? No underscore nothing. Just I, I like Meg, but like killing me with the spelling, girl. Come on. <laughs> so, so that's out. Give it a listen. Um, the project is in its final stages. I'm just, I'm done with Actually, it. Actually, let's go ahead and take a listen to a bit of it right now. I wear humble mask. I read manga fast. Only what sells, not does, oh. I am weed trash. I wear humble mask. So that was a little bit of weeb trash from our man at the table here. Just a tad, just a tad. Uh, but yeah, what'd you think, Adrian? Were you dissing low tier God? <laughs> Because no, there's like a bit where you did. I mean, also fuck low tier God. I'm never having him on. Yikes. Okay, I mean, fuck him. Right, you want to do my low tier God impression in response to that? Like, sure. Yes, <laughs> please. You think that I would ever come on your little fucking cuck of a podcast show? Oh damn, he does it good. And give you the satisfaction of my voice, giving you clicks, giving you views. Who do you think you are? You're just. You're a fly. You're not even a fly on the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't hold it anymore. I can't hold it <laughs> Anyway, uh, but that was Weeb Trash on the Zerk yes. on your YouTube. T-H-E-E-Z-E-Z-E-R-K. Yeah, and so the We pro- have a thing with double E's. That's right. Fan freaks, the Zerk. That's right. Well, yeah, the project is in its final stages. I'm just working on getting... I've pretty much recorded everything that I need to record. For the project, I'm looking. I'm waiting on a couple of features. I need like two more features. How many tracks are you dropping? Ten. Ten tracks. It's gonna be ten. I also have another question about the music video. Okay, let me let me let me finish that thought, <laughs> and and we can get to that. So yeah, ten, yeah, Adrian. Ten tracks this time. Uh, if you want to hear more of my music now, again on the YouTube channel, my EP Game Life is there. Uh, my track, the very best with Mega Ran and Tanuks Maru Tanuki, is on there as well. And my other tracks are on Galaxy Takeout. On YouTube, that's the camp that I'm with. Uh, so I used to, before I took started taking music seriously, I would re- release all my music over there because I didn't. I wanted to keep my YouTube gaming based, but now I'm like, fuck it, we rapping. What's up? <laughs> so, Other than that, anything else you've watched, read, listened to recently? So yeah, love love Death and Robots season two. Yep. Um Invincible, obviously. Right. I wouldn't be here. Um, Sexify, which is not like nerd. Horror, but no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, that's on Netflix. I, I talked about Oz. That's a Polish show, right? Yeah, it's Polish. Um, I watched it. So you've seen the whole thing already? Well, yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was, it was good? It was amazing. Okay. Um, Did you watch it dub or in the original Polish? I watched it dub. Okay. It's funny because 
even in the song, I say I only watch subs, not dubs. Clearly not but a real nerd. Only when it applies to Japanese uh-huh. <laughs> content. So it's really funny because we've actually had this discussion very recently. Sub only. Because yeah. I, I get a lot of shit on from anime, anime fans. Anime and like Japanese stuff, I only watch sub, not dubs. But like European stuff, generally, like, so Sexify was one. There was another one I watched that was like French. It was This was like during quarantine. Right. Where, um, the girl was like socially awkward, and her friend like she got went through a bad breakup, and her friends wanted her to get back on the horse. So they like in secret hired a male escort to like take her out and like get her mind off. This of sounds her ex. like a bad Judd Apatow movie. But this was, this one was French, and I watched that one dubbed as well. Mm. Um, just because like when the European stuff, when the European Netflix shows come out, and I just go, oh, this is interesting, and I start it. It just comes out dubbed, and I don't like take the time to be like, "Oh wait." <laughs> Let me like, change by the time that. I realize they're not actually speaking English, it's like I'm not gonna get off my butt to like switch this over to subtitles. Like I'm already listening to it. Wow, get okay. off my butt! The controls right there. No, but I have to. I don't have a wireless mouse, so like I'll start it on my laptop and I'll go across. Oh, the okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. Can I can I ask the question now? Ask yes. So I saw you were wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt, but I couldn't see the full part of the Z. Is that a Zerk shirt? Yes, it is actually a Zerk shirt. And I Can have, I buy one? I have the, you know, no. And somebody, fuck you then. Somebody, told me, <laughs> I'm trying to support so, you. Somebody told me that I could probably sell them, but I was like, nobody's gonna wear my name on their fucking body. I, I, I we're here. Well, then shit, I'm gonna fucking work on that right now. Stand by. Stand well, by. You know I'd wear a shirt if you came out, if you, if you put out a stand shirt. Stand by. All right, we will stand by. <laughs> if you guys have me back, you, we'll, the next time I will, I, I hope to have a Teespring link for you guys. All right. All right, we will stand by you. Is that's that the a, end of it? That's what we're all about, because really, at the end of the day, Fan Freaks, what it really at its core is, it really is about nerd culture in South Florida. Because as much as, don't get me wrong, we love our freaks from around the country and even elsewhere. We got our Canadian freaks. We got freaks everywhere. But at the end of the day, fan freaks at its core is about nerd culture in South Florida. Mm -hmm. So we're always here to, like, step that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, man. We'll wear some Zerg shirts. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I was like, I didn't want people to buy it just because they're my friends and they're like, oh, I'm trying to help. I'm not your friend. I want people to be (laughs) fair. I just I'm met. Not by this He's is laughing, the, call this is the second time I met you. I know, but just the phrase "I'm not your friend" is such a great like thing to say to someone. However, however, you are a freak. That's right. That's true. And I support the freaks. Um, actually, that's, that's he's also on fan freaks. That's part of the, that's part of the hook. <laughs> he just never posts. That's part of the hook of one of my songs. Actually, it's coming. It's called Neat. And so I know I don't know if you're familiar with the Neat concept in anime. No. It's a, it was a bunch of anime a couple years ago that were coming out that featured the main character being a neat, which is somebody who's not in education, employment, or training. Oh. So just basically a piece of shit who lives off his parents and, like, just... Oh! Like, okay. Up, doesn't leave the house, whatever. Whether it be through trauma or just, like, he's lazy or, or whatever. So because neats became, like, a thing in the, in the anime community, I wrote this song, Neat, but, like, because I'm American... I kind of mixed it with like being a fuckboy, oh. like that dude who like gets a lot of girls, even though like he lives with his parents and like has, right. a, has a box spring mattress. So like literally the chorus is like, I'm a neat and I'm a geek, but I'm a freak. So she gonna let me be. 
Wow. <laughs> if, if if that's in honor of fan freaks, so, I'll I mean, take you, it. You said I'm a freak, but like, yeah, I literally say it in that hook, I'm a freak. There you go. Uh, well, yeah. So it. I'm going to go ahead and move us on into. I forgot my recent, remember? Oh, that's right. We do have another recent to come in. Yeah, because I pulled a you. Yeah, you pulled uh, over Dr. Rude. Uh, I watched, and I forgot to say it in my recents, I watched uh, Army of the Dead. Right. The, the, the Zack Snyder, Dave Batista. Like, right? Right, the zombie movie. The game. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what made me, when you said that, I was like, fuck, I forgot that I watched that. I thought it was pretty good. I, I don't think it's anything to write home about. I thought it was better than the Mortal Kombat movie that came out in terms of, like, <laughs> quality. And the characters, I feel, are better written. They're just still two-dimensional. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a fucking zombie movie. I'm not going in there expecting Shakespeare in the park, you know? Right. <laughs> Uh, the action was really good. I mean, that's to be expected with Zack Snyder. And there's sometimes the CGI is really fucking bad. Like, you could tell uh, they spent maybe 20 bucks on it. Uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, but yeah, um, uh, we're done with recents. I guess now sorry, to news. Sorry, sorry. sorry. You had you had one more. I got one more real quick. Not yeah, no, no, fine. So, um, I'm in, you're entitled. Of course, Boku no Hero, My Hero Academia, um, up to date with that. Okay. It's going fucking great this season. Cool. Uh, and also, I started The Nevers on its HBO Max Victorian era superhero, like the. That's the show Josh Whedon left. Wi- yes, women women get superpowers because of some anomaly that happens, and now they're being like persecuted, but they're also in hiding. So they're like helping people. But how the fuck have I never have I not heard of this? It's very new. This sounds like right up my alley. I'm only, though I'm about to start episode four. Like it's very new. So I like, need to watch the yeah, fuck out of this. So The Nevers, and I'm done. All right. So you talked about My Hero Academia. Just a little backstory. The first time we met, you hate Superman. You still do. Do you like All Might? Because he, he's Ooh! he's Superman. I Okay, first of all, he's not Superman. Oh, first first <laughs> of all, he's not? Well, second of all, I... He's Superman. He's not Superman. He's Superman as fuck. He can fly. Shoot. He that, that's not what the wow. Superman. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, base no, no, no. level. Carry on. But but no, what I'm saying is I don't like Superman because he's broken. All Might's not that broken. He's just very, very, very strong. Do you he's like Goku? Very strong. I hate Goku. Me too. I hate Goku more than Superman. <laughs> I, fucking did, I hate Goku. So yeah. The only reason I watch Dragon Ball is is for Vegeta. Yeah. See, see, we can get along with that. <laughs> also, they done my boy Piccolo dirty, dog. But yeah, no, my favorite character. Seriously. My favorite professional hero in Boku no Hero is Eraserhead. Um, my favorite student, I recently started liking Deku only because like I started playing the mobile game too. The mobile mm. game came out. It's surprisingly. Oh, you're in deep on this fandom, aren't so, you? I mean, my friends got me into it because I was like games like that. I wouldn't play solo, but since my whole group was playing it and it's like, uh, we can make an alliance and stuff. And I'm like, all right, right cool. Stockholm syndrome. I get it. Let's start at the same time. And then we can all level together. I heard what you said. I'm ignoring it on purpose. He's over here nodding like I was so right. <laughs> but, uh, ah, but no, on. just like the graphics in that. And I feel like they're, they are doing, uh, there are a couple of references to like stuff that hasn't been shown in the anime per se yet. But it's from the manga. so Or, or the or the game or the movie. Sorry. So, but Deku's looking a lot cooler to me now. Um, I didn't like him at first because, again, he was just trying to be All Might. But now that he's trying to be himself, I like him. 
So, like, that's my whole thing is that, like, he understands that he has weaknesses. He has drawbacks. Even though he has one for all, which should automatically, for all intents and purposes, make him the number one superhero. Because if All Might had one for all and that made him number one, Deku being one full person stronger (laughs) than All Might should automatically. But it's not that easy. And him learning that it's not that easy and adapting to it, that's what I like in shonen in particular and in superhero stuff in general of like superheroes that have flaw like glaring flaws and weaknesses not like superman where it's like oh yeah he's strong and all but like grab kryptonite have you ever seen kryptonite in real life the fuck are you gonna get kryptonite from i have kryptonite in my house like because you're a weeb like (laughs) yeah weeb trash like who who just has fucking kryptonite? Like, nobody just... You, you never know when Zod's gonna I'm a, show up. I'm gonna go... Like, think of anybody in D.C. I'm gonna go rob a bank. Did you get your kryptonite first? Wait, what? Like, nobody fucking... Just don't rob a bank in Metropolis. Rob it in Gotham. Like, he can't Well, there isn't there any money in, in Gotham. Two but he doesn't. <laughs> um, but, see, if you watch the, the D.C. shows, like, you know, Flash, Arrow, like... They'll be like, oh, yeah, let me make a fuck phone call. Arrow Barry Allen and... shows up. Oh, God, fuck like, Arrow. Oh, I know somebody who can help in Star Labs. Right. Barry Allen shows up. Like, So, you know, same thing with Superman. They've had Kara in, in, in those as well. So, like, you know. So you just hate the super family. Yeah, I don't like I don't like Kryptonians in Earth. On Earth. All right. They can be on Krypton and I'll fuck with How them. you doing, General Lane? You got a tan <laughs> <Right>? on you. <laughs> right? As superheroes, slightly as xenoph- people, I would probably be friends with them. But as superheroes, see, so they're mad. Here's lame. where you and I, I think, disagree. Here is the parts of comics that I love the most is them as people. This is a long recent. I know. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, but like for example, someone recently posted on Fan Freaks, if you could do a six, uh, um, a six issue run of any comic, what would you do? Of any comic and any character. And like any, any comic, style. Any, yeah, exactly. And like my fate, because everyone knows that my dude is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's what I'm about. Right. But my favorite Spider-Man stories are day in the life Spider-Man stories. Like where it's just him, like not defending the world. Not No, like him helping like the homeless guy on the corner. Delivering you're, pizza. You're, you're a slice lord. Uh, sure. But see, I don't like slice of life anime. This is what but that's because, they have to have superpowers for you no, to like it's them because, to be regular people. It's because that's all it is. Like, all slice of life anime is just that. Whereas these brief little, like, it's like an oasis in the middle of this desert of fuckery. Because Spider-Man gets shit on a lot. So a lot of times these slice of life stories give you an idea into why he still does it. Mm, okay. It okay. gives you, it like, it shows, like... He, like he doesn't do it because he gets to protect the world every day. No, he gets to do it because like he gets to like help that homeless dude on the corner or like he's connected to the Bronx, like he's or to Brooklyn. Like he does it because like he at even though he gets sucked into like cosmic level shit, at the end of the day he's a street hero. And, and he does it because he connects to that. And I, I that's that's interesting that you say that because like I don't know how I missed that post, first of all, because I definitely would have answered. The last one I remember is, would you rather be uh, would you rather be a citizen in Gotham or Metropolis? <laughs> or, or or no, Gotham or or, or MCU New, New York. York. Oh. That's the last one I remember I, I participated in. But no, if a six episode, immediately I thought of, okay, 
only six issues. Yeah. Like, I'm going the comedy route. I'm going to say Deadpool. Okay. Just because, like, I know each one of those is going to be packed with laughs on, like, sure. every page. Plus, there's going to be gratuitous, like, violence and, you know. All right, hang on. I, I need to rein us in. Yes, I agree. So my point is, so when I read Superman, the thing that stands out to me is not when he fucking defeats Metallo. It's when he pulls that girl off the bridge because he took a moment to talk to her. It's when he remembers the security guard's name. Like, that kind of shit is why I like Superman. Is because at the end of the day, yes, he's super powered. He's all these things. But more so than most other heroes, he's a legitimately nice guy. (laughs) And I get what you're saying. That, yes, he can afford to be that because he's invulnerable. But nonetheless, those are the moments I usually enjoy the most. That being said, a world made of cardboard is still one of my favorite moments in all of media. Right. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. It's from uh, Justice but League. Where he's beating up Darkseid. It's from the Justice League cartoon. Right. There's this scene in that where like, he basically says, like, I usually live in a world made of cardboard. And I have to hold back. I have to hold uh, back. Yeah. But with you, big guy, I can really let loose. I got time. It That's is. right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> These and it's hands great. are rated E for everyone, bud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with that note, let's go ahead and move into our news. I got only one piece of news. All right. Hit me with it, dude. Eternals trailer released. Yes. I think it's not going to be that good of a movie. Mm. I don't know. I, I think. For, did you see it, Zerk? No, but another trailer came out, didn't it? What? A bunch of trailers have come out recently. Well, Marvel only Eternals we got. Well, so, well, there's also the Venom to, but that's not Marvel. That Marvel, that's Sony Marvel. Sony, uh, Marvel. <laughs> but the thing with Eternals, like what I'm seeing, yes. First of all, while it may look okay, like right now, initially the CGI doesn't impress me. Okay. It's not it's not bad. Right. It's not Army of the Dead bad or anything like that or MK bad. It's just nothing I haven't seen before. Right. And I'm concerned of the pacing because it looks way too big for a movie. Uh, I was talking to a couple of bo- uh, boy of mine who was mentioning that, yeah, this looks like a, a great trailer for a show, not a movie. I gotcha. Uh, that's and very possible. That Like, there's going to be definitely pacing problems or they could uh have just not announced that there will be sequels <laughs> i know but, they, but I know have they a trailer for yeah, yeah, yeah for all of these sequels that that'd be wild so i here, mean marvel would do it here's my thing though and it's why i'm on board for it i like that marvel has garnered enough goodwill with pop culture as a whole that they can release something like the eternals like, the Eternals is that, like, C-level, like, Marvel stuff that you don't expect to see in a movie. I'd argue D. Sure, even D-level. I don't know but any of these because characters. Marvel has garnered such goodwill with the public, especially, and this is primarily because of Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. Guardians of the Galaxy was a big gamble for Marvel, and it paid off in a big way for them. Right. So I think because of that, they've got the goodwill with the public where they can do shows or movies about the fucking Eternals, which, let's be real, no, most people don't give a fuck about. Guardians was, one, was the main movie 
that opened my eyes to the world of like I was still in college. Yeah. And I had a class on marketing because my degree was in ma- uh, mass communication. Yeah. And I didn't fully understand until Guardians of the Galaxy was announced how deep this rabbit hole goes, how far in advance they start to plant seeds on. Oh, me. yeah. Because uh, in 2011, Marvel versus Capcom 3 came out. Fate of two worlds. And Marvel, I, of baby. course, as they slowly <laughs> revealed characters, people were speculating, oh, we want Mega Man. Oh, we want this character. We want that character to return that were that was in Marvel 2 or this new character, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the days they're like, yeah, we're going to reveal a new character on Tuesday. Tuesday comes Rocket Raccoon. Everybody's yeah. like, who the who fuck? Who the fuck? <laughs> but the reason you find out two years later was because they wanted people to find out who the fuck he was yeah. so that they would want to see him in the movie. Correct. They already knew that movie was coming out then. And none of us was any of the white. After that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, dude. I play, a, I play Marvel Strike Force on mobile. Whenever they release a new character, I'm like, we're about to get a movie. Because <laughs> now I realize, like, yeah. they released Minerva in yeah. Marvel Strike Force. Do you guys even remember who that is? I don't. Yeah, exactly. Because she had, like, fucking two really? scenes in Captain I, Marvel. Yeah. They said her name once, and she was in two scenes. <laughs> but I, guess what? I don't remember Captain yeah, Marvel. She was one of the Kree. <laughs> she was the Kree sniper. Yeah. In Captain Marvel from her team, her first team. Oh, okay. Yeah. They said her name one time. She was in the movie in the beginning and in the end. But she was in Strike Force. So, like, that shows you that, oh, Captain Marvel's coming out soon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Strike Force drops shit now, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm ready for this movie. What's up? <laughs> like, some Moon Knight shit is about to come out. I don't know if he's in the Eternals or, or not. No, dude. No, no, no. He's getting a, a show. He's getting a show. Oh, yeah. But see, Oscar Isaac is playing Moon Knight. But see, local Miami boy. When he came out in Strike Force, right. this was like, oh. You knew some shit's happening. So he's coming. And so that's like, just it. A lot of people Red don't. Red Guardian, re- which obviously he's in Black Widow, which yep. we would already had. But like. And not for COVID, you mean? Right, yeah. exactly. Um, Red Guardian came out. Taskmaster came out. Again, Black Widow. Um, Polaris just came out. Yep. So she's going to be in something. That's an X Men character, yeah. ain't it? Yeah. So she's probably going to be in the next X Men movie. Or maybe the Eternals reveal how the mutants come to be. We need to find out eventually, yeah. man. Yeah. Saying, like, everyone thought it was WandaVision. Pol- but- all we're saying, that's what I'm saying is Polaris is coming. Yeah, in, for in sure. cinematic because she's in that game. This is what they do. They yep. make you, they familiarize you with them through subtle means. So then you get more excited when you when they're announced in a in a in a, a piece. Not going to lie, man. As you were talking, I had the mental image of Charlie from fucking Always Sunny doing like Pepe Sylvia bit. I just want to <laughs> say, though, for the record, we already have Polaris, though. In what? In The Gifted. Yeah, but that, that show got canceled like two years ago. Yeah, but right. it still had four seasons, my guy. No, it's not because I, I guarantee you she's coming back. I, it's possible, but I just for the record, we have already gotten Polaris. So Surfer in, dropped too because they're redoing Fantastic Four, right? So we don't. Yeah. We haven't gotten anything no. official yet, but yes. Yeah. Like, no, we they they announced it. They announced have, an idea of a yeah, date. Yeah, but we don't have casting or directors or anything. But like the that. fact that they announced it. No, we know that Marvel's doing it. Like, there's no way they're not doing the first family. Like, they're especially since they have the rights to it now. Right. Um, is that it for your news? That is it for my news. The only thing is, I would love to have a show with you on Marvel Infinite. Oh, for sure. I would no. love to do that. <laughs> <I'm down. laughs> um, 
The Powerpuff Girls live action series, the pilot, has gone back to production. Oh, that bad? Uh, we don't know why. We know that the that the the girls are the the casting of the three girls and um, Turk as uh, Professor, Professor Utonium. Utonium. He's that that's all still staying. All right, cool. Everything else is in the wind. We don't know what's going on. It's funny that like you just refer to him as Turk. What was your first? Do you remember the first time you ever saw him? Was it Scrubs? For me, I don't know if that was the first time. That's just the time I remember the most. I thought it was uh, the fucking what you talk about Willis show. God, I forgot. No, he's not in that. He is in that. Isn't he that his brother? Strokes? No. Isn't that what? his brother? No. That's racist. Yeah, that's that's. No. <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first major thing he was in was Clueless. Oh, that's right. You are a hundred percent correct. You don't remember that show. That's bro. right. He wasn't clueless. <laughs> yes. I guess I'm clueless. Hey. Well, most people are though. You're not alone. It's alright. So that's gone back. So the pilot, like before it even hit a studio for approval or anything, it went straight back into reprodu- into production. But that's I actually like that full rewrite because that means that they didn't just put it out and be like, yeah, we'll carry off the name. Sure, but I think this is in direct response to the I images that they him released. With Todd Bridges. Ooh, that is racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, they look alike. No, no. they don't. That's yeah, the problem. Yes, That's they why he's do. calling you racist. No, they do. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Damn. All right. No, not not Coleman. No, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm saying to you, what you talking about, Willis? Because they don't look alike. Yeah. Uh, Beauty's in now, the eye to be older. And uh, and recent things that are pissing off Dr. Rude. Apparently, there's a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory prequel coming out. Oh, Johnny Depp? No, Timothy Chalamet is going to be playing uh, fucking Willy Wonka. Like, I don't, no one needs this. No <laughs> one needs to know how he started the Chocolate Factory and enslaved the Oompa Loompas. You like my little sister, yo. Listen! <laughs> I don't need your sass right now, Zerk. All right? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm upset. I'm not happy with it. You sound like my sister. Listen, growing up, my sister's favorite movie in the world was Mary Poppins. Okay? She it's a watch, great fucking movie. Mary Poppins every the single one, day. The OG I'm, or the oh, Emily every, Blunt one? She's a little sister. She's 28 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she you, would watch Mary Poppins. All you say is little sister. It doesn't oh, know an age. Okay. But she would watch, I said growing up, it was Mary Poppins. Meaning okay. she done grown up. So she would watch it every day after school. Ages. I ended up watching. The, <laughs> I ended up watching the reboot, and I was like, "Did you watch the reboot?" She's like, "We don't talk about that monstrosity." I was like, "No, but like it's they made reboot. it make sense." It's a sequel. Or, yeah, but like, oh, it's a sequel. Yeah, it is a sequel. Exactly. See, but that how you didn't know that? I don't know if she knew that or not. And I told her, I was like, "They make it make sense." She's like, "That's not my Mary Poppins." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> not my Poppins. You sound like her. <laughs> no, it's not like. I, but usually. I don't like. I embrace like new takes on characters, but this is like this. Not your Willy Wonka. It's like the no. It's like the Joker though. Like a part of Willy Wonka's mystery, like what makes him cool, is the mystery of him all. A movie that explains how he started the Chocolate Factory is not helping the See, story. I can't, so that means you didn't like the Joker movie. I liked it as its own thing, but I still don't like the Joker having an origin story. See, and that's funny that you say that. When I was in college, another marketing class that I had, um, we had to come up with a, like a couple. He of, is handsome. Who? Timothy Chalamet? Oh, yeah, whatever. We had to come up with some premises for for um, like 
a movie and like right. p- pitch them, right? That was the assignment. And I pitched a TV series called Scars. And that was because this was when Dark Knight was out. And it was like, he yeah. always said, you want to know how I got these scars? And it was always right. a different story. So Scars was actually going to be like a kid, like eight, nine year old kid in elementary school. And it was going to be like him dealing with school life and family life and tr- and his traumas. And every time like he would get into a situation where like it looked like he was about to get the scars and then he didn't get them. And it was like that was always going to be looming over like how he got those scars because he's like, you want to know how I got these scars? And then finally, like series finale would have Warner been should showing. hire you. <laughs> But I mean, I See, to write each episode. I <laughs> don't want. Problem. I don't want that though. I don't want. I wanted that. So here's. So I still want that. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite. That sounds good. My favorite disappointments in comic books. Recently, I say recently in the, as in the past five years, DC came out with three Jokers. It's too much. That is too much. So, but that's saying that was their way of reconciling all these origin stories that they've put out for the Jokers. Mm-hmm. And by explaining that it's not one guy. But they dropped the ball. It was such a great opportunity for them to write something interesting. But at the end of the day, they dropped the ball hard. But at the but that's just it. Is that when you give the Joker one origin, you are left with either one of two options. To sympathize with him or to acknowledge that he's a monster. But everybody else has one origin. That's just it, though. That's everybody else. That's what makes Joker different. That's what makes him stand out yeah, from the rest of Batman's. Inconsistent from yes, everything. But that's just it. Like, that inconsistency makes sense. But because... no, because he directly affects the lives of everybody he interacts. Yes. Like, Harley Quinn is Harley Quinn because of the Joker. Also. He, like, she can't be, um, um, what is it? Uh, the something em- emancipation. What was it? The... Oh, the fabulous. Fabulous. She can't be fabulously emancipated right. unless it's from that guy. So that's something else, too, that they dropped the ball on big time. Like, I've talked about this on the show before. They absolutely should have used the three Jokers as a way to explain Harley's rela- Harley and Joker's relationship. Have you ever seen the movie The Illusionist? I, kn- I know of it. Okay. This is a spoiler for The Illusionist. <laughs> but at one point in The Illusionist, we re- it is revealed that Christian Bale is actually playing two characters. He's playing twin brothers who pretend to be the same magician Mm. because it's a part of their act. He has a part of his act where he teleports from one place to another. But that's actually accomplished because they're identical twins. Okay. But he's so engrossed in this that they literally have one wife. That's how deep this cover goes. But there's a scene from the wife where she says like, some days when you tell me I love you, I believe it. And there's other days that I don't. Blood of Zeus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think like with three Jokers, that would have been the perfect opportunity to save Jokers and Harley. Because we all acknowledge that Joker and Harley are toxic. Yeah. That's not a good relationship. But this is a perfect opportunity for them to write in a Joker that loved Harley. Mm. It would have been a great opportunity for them to have no there was one of them that legitimately loved her. Mm. But the problem is there were two others who were pretty much had to put up with her shit. And that's why you had the abusive part of the relationship. But they dropped the ball on that. I'm still mad at them for that. Yes, Adrian. But isn't the unofficial kind of belief of the Joker's origin being under the Red Hood? Isn't that the... I Like, 
the supposed, for lack of a better origin, that's his origin? Eh. What, it's what? the one that's gotten it, the thing. The thing it's about like the most widely accepted, right? But or the am thing I wrong? about Under the Red Hood is that it's also pretty vague in terms of it's just like a guy. Also, oh, you need to read the Three Jokers because the Three Jokers completely reimagines the Under the Red Hood version of the Joker. I wish it. I hope it's like just a straight up graphic novel, just called the Three Jokers. I just it always is. remember. Oh, it is. Yes. I just always remember as a kid. The origin story that I had was was the Bat of Chemicals. So it's the Bat the 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 Batman eighty nine. I'm trying to remember. Right. It's Tim Burton. Tim Burton's right. Batman. It's yeah. It's the Bat. It's so. Have you ever danced with the, the devil in the, the pale moonlight? But again, they put that in Suicide Squad. <laughs> they did. They put that in like so for all intents and purposes. That is for me. That's Joker's origin. So your so jo- when you so your Joker Knight, is the one where he's Joe Chill. He's the one that kills Batman's parents. Right. So when you had. Dark Knight Joker with the scars. It's like okay, I I am okay with the retcon because he's pretty cool, but now we need an origin, just like we have an origin for Joe Chill. All right. Uh, in other news, yeah, we got our first set photos from the set of um the Uncharted movie. Mm. Oh, okay. I had not heard about that. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> okay. A lot of people keep looking at these photos and are very mad. Because they look nothing like the game. Listen, if it's because like Chris Pratt playing fucking Nathan it's Drake, not. I don't it is it. Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake. That's weird. Hang on. And Mark Wahlberg is playing Sully. But here's the thing. It is a movie about Nathan Drake when he was young. Okay. Like literally okay. fresh out of the orphanage. Gotcha. So it's a young Sully. It's a young Nathan Drake. And I feel like a lot of people don't know that, don't realize that, even though I feel like it's Tom Holland. You should know that he's playing a young dude. But so, and with that in mind, so with that in mind, also fucking uh, Nathan Drake, voice actor. I can't remember. Nolan North. Thank you. Nolan North has been spotted on set directly talking to Tom Holland. So that dude is on there literally telling Tom how to be Nathan Drake. What's my inspiration like? Yeah, I know I've played the games a little bit. So really you know what's funny them. about you doing a British accent for Tom Holland right now? Because he does an American accent for all his characters. So he did a commercial for something where he started off like, Hi, I'm Tom Holland. It's a pleasure. To be-. And the, the directors would be like, dude, you're from Bristol. Like, right. you do your accent. Like, please speak normally. He's right. like, oh, right. I forgot that I'm British. <laughs> Which I think is really funny. But uh, I'm excited for that project. Uh, and then we also got, I don't know if it's a, tr- uh, yeah, we got a teaser trailer for something I'm very excited about. Because there's two things you could put in a movie or in the movie's credits that will excite me. One is Anya Taylor-Joy. Two is tits. Uh, I mean, yes, but that's lower on the list. Sorry. Two. I thought you were a booty man. Is, can I, we I focus? Am. I am. <laughs> I am I also. Ah. Uh, you've met Mrs. Rude. Uh. <laughs> Misfortune. Two is yeah, that's right. Misfortune is Edgar Wright. I love me some Edgar Wright movies. So there is a new movie coming out called The Last Night in Soho. It's an Edgar Wright movie starring Anya Taylor Joy. Teaser trailer came out already. Two out of two. Yep. <laughs> Please check it out. The teaser trailer looks dope as fuck. This is, is it absolutely. A film? It's a film. It's a movie. Yeah. Okay. Yo, send me the link on Facebook Messenger. 
This is absolutely the last thing I will be watching about this movie. I'm not watching another <laughs> cheese trailer because I this looks so fucking I good. I definitely avoid trailers. Same, dude. And I have to know, right? And I'm also uh, very excited about uh, the upcoming uh, Loki series, and that's eh. it for news. Eh? I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but you not like Loki? It's not that I don't like Loki. It's okay. I mentioned him earlier. You know I love Deadpool. Yes. But you remember when we were active going to con- to anime conventions. <laughs> yes. The Deadpool fandom. Yes. It kind of made you not want to tell people you like Deadpool. I agree. The Loki fandom. Right. Got I gotcha. So okay. I don't ha- love Loki or hate him. I think he just is what he is and he does what he does. Like, he he he's very low on my list of favorites. But, which is why... I don't get all the fucking Loki fanboys and fangirls of like, it's like, oh yeah, he's hot. Like, okay, every fucking no, person in, in no, no, Hollywood no. is hot. Like, it's just like, I essentially it's like the same, I feel like the same people who are like tripping over themselves for Loki are the same people who are tripping over themselves for Jason Momoa, Aquaman. But at least Aquaman is like the hero. And so but you see, want to fawn after him. Loki it's, has always been... The villain, but you've made a really you've made a really interesting comparison, because as a lot of people who will listen to the show might know, I don't think Jason Momoa can act his way out of a cardboard box. (laughs) That being said, I still think he can carry a movie because he's charismatic as fuck. Right, fucking Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, thank you. Is care and look and so before Ragnarok or Ragnarok. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, before Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Well, before Thor, I was gonna get there. Is the first two Thor movies lacked charisma, Mm. even though he was in them. Well, that's just it. He was the only charisma in the movie. Okay. So I think that's part of the fandom behind him. No, I think the fandom came after Avengers, though. I don't think it did, though. I think it started pretty early. When after Avengers, people were out, simping on fucking uh, Loki since Thor one, my dude. Were they? Yeah. I'll. I'm out of it. I don't. <laughs> right? I don't really know. But my point is, so before they allowed, uh, Chris, I just remember that. I'm sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. I just remember that SDCC. I watched the stream live. Yeah. And when they did the like the Marvel panel, and he comes out, and they they had this whole story about how like he flew from England like in a stormtrooper costume or some shit so nobody would know it was him going to California uh-huh. and then when he finally shows up like he was the first person on stage and he was like humanity was meant to kneel and uh-huh. I was like oh my god like I'll and everyone kneel, fucking kneeled I'll kneel for you all day daddy like <laughs> yeah, that line didn't come until the Avengers so you know what I'm saying like that's when I felt like everybody was like oh yes please I'll kneel for you all day also this is really interesting because it's someone in the DC animated movies who is switching roles. The trailer, is it a teaser? Oh, no, it's a, a clip came out of the long Halloween. Part one or two? Part one. Okay. Jensen Ackles is Bruce in the long Halloween. Yeah, we, we talked about that. I know, but it's just funny because he's previously the Red Hood. Jason Todd, So it's yeah. cool to see him jumping, uh, jumping over to the main guy. Uh, and I'm, I'm here for Jensen Ackles and anything. Also, to piggyback off that, uh, it was announced that Long Halloween Part 2 is going to have a teaser for the Injustice animated movie. Ooh. 
And I'm oh, down for that. We're getting interesting. In. I'm down for Injustice. I think it's a great story. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm, also, the game is we're great. Gonna, great. We're going to talk about Injustice a little bit when we get to the main chunk okay, of this all show. Right. All right. But go ahead. No, Sorry. I was going to say, um, I like the Injustice story, but I don't think it's anything like groundbreaking. I think it's it's a solid story that tracks. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Well, like, essentially, it's Red Sun Superman. But that's just it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think stories need to be groundbreaking for them to be good. Like, oh, yeah. sometimes but I I'm just, just saying, want... I'm just saying, it, it... Is it Red Sun Superman? Essentially? There were evil Superman before Red Sun, though. No, but I don't think Red Sun Superman was evil. No, he wasn't. He was just misguided. Well, he did do evil. He did and do just, bad and acts, Justice though. Superman Immoral. wasn't evil, too. He just got pushed too far. But then he became evil. <laughs> wasn't evil. He had... He, he, he created... He forced peace. He forced peace. He's like Pain from Naruto. Oh, damn. People, All right. People didn't do fucked up shit because they were afraid of Superman. That pretty much wraps up my news. Zerk, <laughs> do you have any news you're excited about or interested in? I can't think of any news. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's time for so a break. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to do our reaction review of Invincible. See you in a minute, freaks. Yo, that bourbon be pitting. <laughs> hey everyone, this is George, the Bone King, interrupting this transmission to tell you about the Fan Freaks Podcast, the podcast where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Hope to get freaky with you all very soon. <laughs> we actually didn't come up with a rejoiner bit at all for this, um... and we probably should have because we would have. You know what would have been smart? It would have been smart for us to think, dude. We should have thought before we joined back in. Anyway. See, here I was thinking that we could have done, like, the title card joke. Ah. Oh, man. In order to be better than what we were before, we need to be... Uh-huh. Uh, so, we're doing More blood. a reaction review. Oh, I'm sorry. I just took a lap around the room. <laughs> Yo, the memes are great. Oh, so good. The That's such a great meme format. But anyway, for today's episode, we are doing a reaction review of the Amazon original series, Invincible. Based on... Go ahead. Based on a comic book, but yes. I think... I, did, I didn't read the comic book. Zerk, did you? I did not. So, so Rude, you're, yes. Dr. Rude, you're yes. the only one that's read the comic here. Correct. The comic's done, right? It's not continuing? Yes. So, I think for a first season... It did really well for somebody who's never seen these characters. And obviously, again, a net, another Superman insert with Omni-Man. I'm, I'm, pretty in, I'm pretty down with that. So can we talk about the fact how Jeff Bezos likes producing shows where Lex Luthor is the good guy? <laughs> or where, no, I'm sorry, no, where Superman is the bad guy, rather. Yeah, because there's no Lex in... No, 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 you're right, but no. But like, but he likes producing shows where Le where Superman is the bad guy, which means that Jeff Bezos is definitely Lex Luthor. Oh, right? for sure, we saw him in the mech suit. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, Jeff Bezos has a mech suit. <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm saying, right? Like Jeff Bezos definitely could be Batman or Iron Man right now, and he's not, so he's fucking lame as hell. Oh, <laughs> no, that's how I feel about Elon Musk. Oh I don't yeah, know, well, I don't know about actually, Jeff Bezos. That's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant, actually. No, but Jeff Bezos is definitely person. Lex Luthor. Listen, after the same after how many billions, uh, when do you cease to be a human, human and you're just right. the bourgeois? You're just the billions. 
Yeah, like, the billions. All, yeah, they're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> but um, what about Oprah? How dare you? I like. Yeah, no, she can. She can be the billions too. Um, <laughs> it's fine. She can. She can still be a human, but only because she's black and a woman. So like, uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, the viewers don't know that I'm black. I can say this. <laughs> I think they can tell by your voice. The only damn, Adrian. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them on me. The only, the only, uh, yeah, the only thing that saves her from uh, what, what do I want to call it? Identifying as the billions uh-huh. is, is the is the fact that she's black and a woman. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so let's let's talk about Invincible and let's talk about well, obviously on. that first episode. Hang on, hang on. So first off, Invincible is a comic made by Image Comics. Okay. Created by K- Kirk. No. Fuck. It's Robert Kirkman. Thank you. Created by Robert Kirkman. Is Kirk in there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, by Robert Kirkman. Who uh, gave us also The Walking Dead and Marvel yes. Zombies. Correct. So it's nice to see something without zombies. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that being said, the this is where my experience with the comic comes in versus the show, the comic is a lot more tongue-in-cheek than the show is. It's funnier? It's it's more self-aware that it's a parody. Oh, okay. It is okay, clearly okay. satire, whereas a lot of Invincible takes itself seriously, which it can because it told a good enough story, mm-hmm. but the comic is definitely more like, we're making fun of superheroes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so on that alone, it, it that's where the main difference between the show and the comic steps in. Mm-hmm. But I think this served the show a lot better. Because I think The Boys was already clearly enough of a tongue-in-cheek superhero parody that this needed to separate itself from The Boys. Because you could easily draw a connection between the two. S- severely, I would argue. Okay, so my introduction... Too invincible yes. was that I saw somebody post on Facebook the first, you know, the Omni Man scene versus the, 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 the defenders it, of the. Okay, Kingdom. wait, hold on, hold on. Let's go ahead and say it here in case those of you are listening for the first time. From this point on, there spoilers. will be spoilers. <laughs> okay. So the Justice League insert. Yeah. So I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So I was like, what is this? So everybody's like, what is this? And people are like, invincible. So. I only saw that scene. So I was like, this shit is like the boys but animated. So I know that I watched the boys with my aunt. My mom doesn't watch the boys with your aunt? Yeah, the thing is Whoa. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, I have shows that I watch with her, I have shows that I watch with my mom. Like I watch Black Lightning with my mom. Okay. My I mom doesn't Black like Lightning. stuff that's like overly gory, right? Right. But my aunt will deal with it. She doesn't like it. Like she'll turn her head, but like she'll watch it because like she likes the stories. So I watched the boys with my aunt. So I found out about Invincible. I was like, have you heard about this thing everybody's talking about? So I went over to her house, as I as I do, um, when the boys is out. And I was like, let's watch this. So we watched it. And then we were like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so like, what's going on here? Now we have to keep watching because they that- have to explain why this just happened. Yeah, because let's be honest, that first episode, like the first 40 minutes, it's kind of run-of-the-mill cake right. shit. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, this is literally just the Justice League. Yeah. Black Batman, fucking Wonder Woman, a ju- a, Flash. A, a Superman a- insert that Aqu- isn't part of the Justice League instead. Yeah, like Aqu- Aquaman, Martian Manhunter. Like, they're literally the yeah. Justice League. What the fuck are these people doing? 
So I was like, it doesn't matter because they're all going to get fucking brutally murdered. And then <laughs> Omni-Man <laughs> paints the wall with them. So yeah. yeah. So I'm like, all right, so now what? Literally. Like, what is this really about here? And that's what kind of hooked us because we were trying to figure out why did what what did we just watch and why? Yeah, actually, actually, I want to ask both of you gentlemen this question: Do you prefer the fact that Boys does it as well, but that Invincible released a weekly thing instead of binging it all at once? I don't. I still don't know which I prefer because but, there's pros and cons to both. Right, but this one, I think, for the community, like with people. He's watching it with his aunt. I watched it by myself. You watched it with uh you watched it that with stopped and then you waited to misfortune catch up. Misfortune to catch up and then you watched the I guess the ending together. No, I, I stopped midway through the season. So we wa- I watched four episodes and I'm like, JoJo would like this. And then I had her catch up and then we finished it. Right. I I feel there's a, a genuine thing of the community when you get with your coworkers, your your, your peers, you know, your friends, aunt girlfriend be like yo okay what, what what's gonna happen next who's gonna die who's gonna yep. live i like i think that's a little better and i think i'm fine with invincible doing it you know oh, what yeah. I, mean? I think that's really so, good for invincible see, i didn't start it until it was after like i think three or four episodes had finished and you binged so all three binged, right we binged in one sitting and then it was like oh crap that's it because, like, with the boys season two did the same thing. Where it yeah. was like, they gave you three episodes the first week. And it was like, oh, now you got to wait a week. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, we really thought we were going to sit there and binge. It's like, the drug dealer model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Jones and man. Buddy. I'm Jones and give me my fix. Yes. So, so yeah. Boys season so, two threw us off. Invincible threw us off. But then we were, like, in there. I want to talk about the main difference between Invincible and the boys. In that the boys They're is different. Now, yes, yes, yes. Now we know that. Yes, but there is one main difference for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's that The Boys is very much about the dark side of superheroism. Right. The Boys is very much a critique of superheroism. Right. It is a pessimistic view of superheroes. If they, yeah, if superheroes were real, they're still flawed humans. See, that's just it, though. I think The Inv- Invincible does that better. What, like real hero? Yes, because... The boys makes it seem like everyone who has powers is a piece of shit. And I don't think that's true. Uh, not everyone. That's Starlight. But that's what I'm saying. One out of the whole group is a decent I, person. No, out of the seven. Sure. But, like, even the, the, the blind guy. Was We're going to get into spoilers person. of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Listen, it's been two seasons, and season two finished like a year ago. If you haven't watched it. Fuck you. So the, the bone. <laughs> I mean, you got a point. The bone. What I say in the song? You got about a week before I let the spoilers leak. <laughs> the bone king has a very no spoiler stance on things, regardless of time. So I'm just letting it be known. He for does the a freaks spoiler warning for Silent Hill Two. Oh give you an idea. Yeah, my dude. So uh, at some so, point, personal responsibility enters into the equation. Yes, but so I appreciate that because, like, for example, our main character main character in the boys is Huey arguably he's our insert yeah he's our insert and his whole thing is about how negatively superheroism has impacted his life right but our main character in Invincible is a eventually well after episode two is a superhero and for him it's actually about how positively superheroism has impacted his life and then the realization that not all superheroes are super Right. And I like that approach way more. 
personally. I like I I don't like anything taking a strictly pessimistic view on something. I like where it tries to show you both sides of a coin. And Invincible has that balance a little bit better. Okay, so I'll take what you said. And and this is what I'm saying. And this goes back to our Superman discussion that we had earlier. Yes. I like the realism. We spoke before the show about, like, you know, monoliths and anecdotal evidence and, you know, not all whatever. Uh-huh. But, so obviously, yes, not all people are, are bad, right? Yes. But we know that a lot of fucking people are bad. So I, I like the realism to show that, like, if people had superpowers, there's still people first, and they're probably going to be flawed, and it's just going to enhance. It's even like they said in um in Captain, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, the superhero, the super soldier serum enhances what's already there. Right. Which is why Steve was the only Captain America for eat for decades because everybody else turned evil. Like, look well, at, look, that and racism. Like, look at Thunderbolt Ross. Look at uh, U.S. Agent. Look at all these people who took the serum. Isaiah like, Bradley. Amplified what was already there. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, but racism did Racism is what prevented him from being right. like. But <laughs> not but, like but, but him what being a piece but of what shit. What I'm saying is these other people who it worked on, like there are more bad super soldiers than good ones, and that's that's reflective of real life, and that's why I like the boys because I there are definitely more bad people than good people. I don't and know so, if that's so, true. So to have the main characters being the good people, it's like yeah, that's that's about that the ratio is is there. That's the that's the ratio. I personally don't agree with that. I don't think that people are intrinsically bad. I don't think that is our default setting. Intrinsically, no. But they're made that way. I don't know. All right, <laughs> so can we get back on Invincible? We're talking, <laughs> we're about, talking Invincible. about Invincible. No, fucker. you were talking about the boys. Well, no, yeah, but I'm saying the boys the same way. Is that, like, again, Mark had a, a, a good view of superheroes because of who his father was. So his world was shattered when he found out Oh, my dad isn't different from everybody else. Essentially, my dad is what my friend's dad would have been if he had my dad's powers. Something Same like, thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not all the discrimination that we have in this world, all of the, you know, the power struggles that we have in this world, all of the selfishness that we have in this world. That happens because, like, people are in in a line with those things. So if it was more people against it, then the majority would have triumphed. So here's the thing about that though, is there is something to be said about power. And there is an observable fact that power corrupts people. Absolute power mm-hmm. corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yes, I agree to an extent that power doesn't create corruption. It likely just elevates the corruption that was already there. But yes, I agree that no person is 100% good. But I don't think that across the board, people are mostly bad. I think everyone has a little bad and a little good. But self-interest triumphs at the end of the day. And Omni-Man had a thing that that he came here for, and that was his self-interest. Right. So it doesn't matter that he learned that people, that earthlings are nuanced and multifaceted and have emotions. doesn't matter because his self-interest told him something. His self-interest spared Earth 
because of his son. Sure. If he didn't have a, a half earthling oh. son, his self interest would not have made him fly but away. See, here's he what he came to do. Here's the thing, though, is that I feel like that's a very important thing about Invincible versus Omni Man is the half human part. The show makes a very good point at saying that the good parts of Mark are his mom, the human part of him. Yeah, and I, the human part of him is what separates him from Omni Man, no, the Viltrumites. Well, that, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to say that because he was raised human. Sure. If he was still half human but raised on Viltrum, sure, he might not have been like. So I agree. A, so it was the nurture. It wasn't the fact that he was half human and he right. felt that. As, right. like as a part of his genetic No, but I think I think that's what you nurture. brought up. His yeah. mother. But it wasn't just his mother, it was his friend. No, it was the it nurture. Was, yeah, absolutely. But I think that matters. But the nature right. of people like nobody's parents barring parents who really just don't care like wish they never right. had kids and like throw them in a dumpster. Nobody, tune into our to our, tune into one of our recent episodes, worst mothers in in media. <laughs> nobody's parents back. Nobody's parents go, man. I just had this kid. I can't wait to steer them down the wrong path, and right. I hope they end up dead or in jail. Right. Nobody's parents do things to try to make them bad people. Sure. Nobody's parents give them bad advice that they th- that they feel is bad advice on purpose. Okay. So you know that that that's what I mean is that. Of course, he was nurtured to be a good person by his parents because why would they nurture you to not be a good person? I I think so. He feels that way because he had present parents. First of all, yes, like <laughs> he already has an advantage over most people to be that way because he had a two parent household. Okay, so like, give Omni Man is your is your dad. He still doesn't tell you that you're super powered, but he's a single parent. All the stuff that he was trying to teach Mark about how tough the world was and this, that, and the other to harden him right. and to close him off. If his mom wasn't there and it was just a single parent, sure, he would have killed everybody and went with his dad. I don't know that that's true, though, because all of Mark's humanity was also based in his friends, though. But again, would he have even had I, the same I, friends had his mom never sure, been there? Sure, but that's I, crazy speculation. I really want to bring up the one thing the final episode did. We're doing all about this nature nurture thing and what Mark would have done, but also how Nolan saw Mark in the baseball game in Little League and like the the wife, you know, so the pet, quote unquote. I, I want you to hold on to that because I do feel we put a little bit of the cart before the horse here. Yeah, because no, we're definitely you, jumping to the last episode yeah. before we've even talked about the series as a whole. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Quick That's summary funny. of how we got to that point is in the beginning of the series, we're following a character named Mark, who, for all intents and purposes, believes that he is a non-powered... Well, he knows that his dad is a superhero named Omni-Man. Yes. Who is this universe's insert of Superman. Right. And he reveres his dad as, like, the greatest superhero of all time. But up until this point, he has no powers. And then I believe in episode two... Was it episode two or one? At the end of episode one. Okay. His powers come in. He throws a garbage bag unbeknownst to him with all of his strength and right. he goes out into space. Into the fucking atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, so that. Already a shit person polluting. 
<laughs> he was throwing it in the trash can. No, it's but not his he, fault that he missed. He then throws it into space. He missed nature's trash can. Space pollution is a real thing. <laughs> addressed. So that sets him on a course to follow in his father's footsteps. Where his father now, oh, he has superpowers. He's clearly going to follow in my shadow. And he starts on a course of training and trying to do the best that he can. And this is where I find a lot of similarities between uh, Mark and Spider-Man. I really like the moments that it highlights like how much it affects him when he fucks up. Mm. I enjoy the, like, that is... a important character building for me mm-hmm. and I like the way he handles it mm-hmm. because it feels very real to me. The way that like the failure affects him as a person, I I, I can relate to that like a yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. But then getting to the end of the series, his father has done some questionable things that have come to light and we then learn that his father is not the savior of Earth that he pretended to be. Right, which is what he said when uh, when he revealed to Mark what the Viltrumites right. do. That we are beacons of hope coming to protect the outer worlds. But instead, he's just a forward operating base for an invasion. Yeah. And that's a lot to handle. So he's a Cree. So he's a Cree. So... He's a Cree. <laughs> so from that point, because I feel like it's important to get there. Like, yeah. we need to know that, like, that. for no, most we, of that. We, we need to get into all of it from yeah. the very beginning, yeah. Including the friends that you keep alluding to. Yes. Well, but here, see, here's my thing. Is that, we got to talk about someone specifically. Oh, absolutely. You already know that's happening. <laughs> but here's my thing, right? Is Does that, it start with the like, letter yeah, A? Yeah, we gave the premise, which is fair. But yeah. also, like, we're definitely talking about spoilers. So I feel like if you're listening to the show at this point, Sure. Like, you've already seen that shit, and if not, like, you're nuts. You'd <laughs> so, be surprised. Like, like, some people are nuts. Hi, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're still mad at him for spoiling Army of the no, Dead? No, 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 no. I just, no, the just motherfucker, like, like, loves spoilers. Like, they're his favorite thing in the world. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, so, if you don't like spoilers and you're listening to this, already, like, having not watched Invincible, like, you, you're some sort of masochist that, like, <laughs> I feel like the premise didn't have to be explained. Fair. Like, fair that you did explain it. Yeah. But, but it's like, now that you've explained it, we're going to continue talking about spoilers. Yes. If you're still here, like, hello? Hi. <laughs> yes. So, you were saying about Omni-Man. Right. That scene, but it's the last episode yes. where he sees a, a young, I want to say seven, eight-year-old uh, Mark. Wait. Supply the context for why he's thinking about that, though. He's beaten the shit out of Mark. Literally Adult beating, Mark. beating his son. <laughs> to within an inch of his fucking life because his son had the balls to say, no, dad, you're wrong. Right. And he is literally taking him to church. What? 17 more years. Yes, I can make dude. another son. Yes. Yeah. Holy, Holy shit. Fuck. Fuck. So beating his son to death and then. So he's watching this uh, baseball game, you know, with Mark and Mark. Um, with his wife Debbie, and he's like, "I could be doing so much right now," and she's like, "This is something about being human," because she's trying to teach him what it is to be human. Apparently, it's baseball. <laughs> that's that's fine. America's favorite pastime, which is no, even, I, it's not even America. Let's be so, fair here. <laughs> I think it had more to do with that, like 
being human is more about just the moments. Yeah, it's more about just doing something to achieve something. It's about enjoying the moment. Right. I think that was what she was trying to get across to him. Right. Because at this point, we have a relatively new-to-earth Nolan. Yeah. Who still doesn't really get people. No, he doesn't, and he's getting a life. He has a secret identity, and he's not comfortable with that. He's so used to just doing things. Yes. And we actually see him see Mark hit a home run. And a, finally a smile comes across his face. Not he, just a smile. He gets into it. Yeah. Like he, there, there's a moment. Like he has a legit, like he actually has a moment. But see, here's what I, here's what I feel, though. It's not a human element. It's, again, it's a nurture element. Meaning that Omni-Man wasn't about all that, like, frou-frou, offspring, lovey-dovey shit because... That's not how he was raised right. where, where he came from. Yeah. Which is why, again, like, he learned that on Earth. Would yeah. they, maybe Would, other planets, the other Viltrumites didn't learn that or they didn't allow themselves what, to get close to well, it. We pet. know that's true. We know that's 100% but, true. But, Zerk, would you argue then that while Debbie was telling him about Mark, she was nurturing him? You're yes. never too late to yes. learn. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. So it's not that, oh, Mark was, it was the human part of Mark. It was that... That was his nurture, and that's how it was different from his father's. And his father, like you just said, was nurtured by Debbie, which is why. So, like, Debbie kind of was directly responsible for not only having Mark with him, but also getting him to see the different perspective. But that perspective is human. But because that's just how we live, though. Yes. So, (laughs) what I'm saying is that... Omni-Man isn't inherently evil because that's just his culture. Like, there are people in... There are human cultures. There are countries that do certain things that we're like, whoa, you can't do that. Does that make them evil people? Or does that make them misguided people? But, like, that's such a fine line that it's not even a line. It's not like they know what they're doing is bad and they're doing it anyway. It's that they just know this way of life, and that's just what life is. Oh, I really and want you, humans like that. I really want you to remember you said that because we're going to talk about oh, that God, after the show. But, uh, <laughs> but okay. But here's the thing, though. We are humans. Mm-hmm. So us watching the show, the only morality we can really base this show on is human morality. From our Western lens of society. Sure. Well, I was going to say, I don't agree that universal morality exists, but nonetheless. Right. From a human Western morality. Well, let's be real. I can pretty sure, I'm pretty sure most cultures agree that wiping out humanity is a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, because they're part of it and they don't want to be wiped out. Yes, exactly, my guy. (laughs) Self-preservation. Yes, but my point is that... It wasn't that Debbie was a very key part in separating and him growing up on Earth. Yes, absolutely. Like, look at look at extinct animals. Uh-huh. Humans didn't care about wiping out other species because they weren't that. And so right. Viltrumites look at it the same way. I agree. We're, we're rhinos. We're white rhinos. I agree. <laughs> but now, oh boy, I have a whole other conversation about that. But I, But we can agree now that wiping out mammoths probably wasn't a great idea. 
wiping, wiping out Tasmanian tigers, also not a good idea. Like, we should have done something about that. Right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. In retrospect, we're, we're getting so, we're, we're, we're so tangented right now. In retrospect, my point is that I enjoy the fact that Mark's story is a more human story simply because the human influence is what separates him from just being Omni-Man. And I enjoyed that versus the boys. There's other things I enjoy in the boys. Right. But that is what I liked about Mark and Invincible in general, is that it's not just a super pessimistic view. Because like another example, and I think this is on the other extreme from Omni-Man. So Omni-Man is a character who had a very indi- indivi- individualistic take on success and strength. And that his idea of success and strength was the Viltrumites. Viltrumites are superior. They are strength. Meanwhile, we have Adam Eve. Adam Eve represents a character who, for me, got so tired of an individualistic perspective on the world and actually changed her focus to the world as a whole. She's like, I can do so much more good by like... Just doing stuff. By just doing Instead stuff. Instead of waiting for things to happen. Exactly. And I like that. I feel like she, more so than Mark, is the opposite of Omni-Man. She's proactive instead of reactive. Exactly. She is not an aggressor. She is simply someone who acts for good always. As opposed to Mark, who is the middle point, who was just doing good when the chance came up. But I also feel like, in her case, it's almost like a Bruce Almighty thing. Okay. Where, where he decided to say yes to all on the emails. And okay. started doing more harm than that's good. yes, man. Because no, no, that, no, that's Bruce Almighty. That's when he becomes oh, God. when he's responding to the prayers. Yeah, yeah. right. Got when, it. When Sorry. He, when he pulled the moon closer to like right. who his girlfriend, and then there was like natural disasters. Like she kind of was doing stuff to help people, but like she wasn't thinking like, is that okay for this ecosystem? Like, is this was this not supposed to happen in nature? Like, I don't think there's an instance in the show where it shows a negative. Not in the show, but again, like we, she didn't think about the future anyway like they're not going to show it because that's not the point well you well, can the point make is the... that happened in real life it's like you can't do certain things even to help because it's gonna well, fuck shit up it, you could it, make the argument that there's so much human intervention and in the way nature goes on right now then that another human altering it in the other direction kind of counteracts it anyway yeah but <laughs> you're, you're saying <laughs> no no i just wanted to go with the point that I think maybe Zerk, what he's really meaning is not even the nature aspect of what Adam Eve is doing, but more so the political aspect because she is an American and she's going into these other sovereign nations doing whatever the fuck she no, wants. No, not even political. I'm literally not talking about political. Like when she went to that, to those crops, oh, that she I made mean- those crops grow immediately. Like the way that the climate is in that region or whatever, like there's a time to plant them to make them come to term at a certain time. The fact that she just fully produced them to to full term is like, that might be bad for the nature of the progression of, like, the climate in that area. I think that's a little too hard, Ray, bro. Out of season, like... It's crops, though, which crops are are separate from nature anyway because they don't follow a natural production cycle regardless. So it's a little different. Uh, 
Also, where was she getting electricity from? Was she just making that? Like, what electricity? Yeah. She, I mean, control, house. she controls atoms. Let's let's be honest. What Adam Eve is, is just Jean Grey not crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's, what, that's what she is. By the way, I want to say for the record of people listening, because I've heard a lot of people are confused about this. Her name is not Adam Eve. It is not A-D-A-M-E-V-E. It is Atom, A-T-O-M-E-V-E. Which is why it's a play on words. Yes. You you can't fix stupid. (laughs) I agree. Uh, There's also something else. Uh, So we talked about Adam Eve. Yes. We need to talk about the other parts of Mark's life, which are William and Amber. Ha-ha! <laughs> you ready, Zerk? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm super ready. I am super ready. Wait. How about Will? You guys, you guys no, go first. No, man. Come <laughs> on. You know. You guys go first, but I feel like... Well, let's talk about William first. Right. I really liked William as a character. Uh, I like the representation that he, that he brings forth, but also the fact that it wasn't, like forced down our throat it was natural that, so that's just it, it was perfect they treated a gay character the same way they treat a straight character right and that was the way to do it that it's is funny, how you do it it's funny because i had to look him up because i was like i've heard this guy somewhere before who he plays the exact same character in big mouth oh yeah he's literally the we same can guy. get into the voice cast of this show <laughs> he's literally the same guy because <laughs> the voice cast of this show is incredible yeah but they, also they spare no expense. Obviously, I'm like grown, so I don't know what the kids are doing these days. But I feel like at least when we were teenagers, that would have never been realistic. Like I have friends, like gay friends that I'm friends with like that now as an adult. Right. But in high school, having my best friend be a gay dude and like not having everybody try to clown me for it and try to imply that I was gay and blah, blah. like No, but we're been. also past 30 years old. Yeah. Like youth in America saying, today is, that, is, is very Does that different. happen now for real? It happens yeah. a lot more. Okay. Especially. Like, I, I find myself as a person over 30 you're arguing con- with other people over 30 about yes. when I say I'm going to hang out with, with my gay friend. Right. And they're like, what? Like I was out in a bar with my gay friend and I ran into some, some other friends and there was a dude from out of town visiting. So I introduced myself to him or they introduced me to him. We started talking, whatever, and then my friend came in, introduced him to the group, and then he went back out to the other area of the bar. And then the, the visiting guy was like, uh, was he uh I was like, yeah, he's gay. Like, and his immediate reaction, are, well, are, are you, are you, no. Like, that's, so, you know what I'm I saying? I mean, no offense to your friends, but that's a sign of our times. Right. I think. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like gays have it great now in the uh, being a youth, a gay youth in America. Right. But by virtue of where I work, I work with a lot of older hem- homosexual men, mm-hmm. and there is this problem where a lot of gay youths today feel minimized because a lot of older uh, people in the homosexual uh, LGBT plus community feel like they have it easy compared to when they grew up. Right. Because you can be openly gay in high school today. Right. As opposed to when they grew up where you could not. Right. So I think and also and this is two sides of the same coin. I do think that because of the um of the popularity of the sassy gay best friend trope, that person, that 
Like that trope used to only belong to women. Right. But now you get that extended to men, and I feel like they get a pass in high school. I don't know this for a fact because I am not gay. I am a cis head white male. I just want to ask some teenagers. That's all I want. I just want to ask teenagers. It's going to be real fucking awkward if you just go up to teenagers. Right. Yo, you hang out with gay friends? Which is why I haven't asked the teenagers. But I have younger siblings. I have younger cousins. And I know for a fact that their high school culture is different than ours. Yeah. The, the, like, the use of gay as, a, as an insult is much less than when we were kids. Oh, yeah. The use of the F word as just like a casual thing you throw out there is much less than when we were kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like, and especially given that it's clearly, and it's also a very big difference about urban versus rural mm-hmm. and what's the name of the city in invincible oh is it regardless in it's clearly an urban city right so i think so i do think mark is a believable character like i personally know three guys that are just like mark and have been like that for a long time mm-hmm. so i think it's plenty i think it, i think he serves he serves right but my point is and the point i was trying to make earlier that I like that he's not treated differently than the heterosexual characters in terms of the way the script is written. Right. Oh, he's in Philadelphia. Right. Which, oh, they are in Philly. That's right. Which, which again, is fair in the way that it should be. Oh, no, be. no, no, no. Sorry. I, I was just wondering if... That's that, the Invincible film with oh, Marky Mark. Motherfucker. I was just wondering... I was just... Uh, my curiosity was, yes, that's the way it should be, but is that the way that it actually is? Could that actually happen... Today, yeah. where a straight kid was best friends with an openly gay kid yes. and didn't get picked on j- with, along with that kid. Again, as someone who's not in the community, I can't say for certain, but I have younger cousins, younger siblings, and they have, let me just say, they have a lot more openly gay friends than I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have people that I've, I have friends with that I've been friends with since high school that are gay now. Right. But were not openly gay back then. Right. They're, they are open now. They are open. Now. They were definitely my, gay then. <laughs> my younger siblings, my younger cousins, they have in high school, they have a lot more openly gay friends than I did. Gotcha. So I don't know what that says, but I think it says at least a little bit towards that it's more believable where you have people who are more self aware and comfortable in high school than when we were at that age. Okay. Which is great. But. This is all to say that I think Mark is a good character. Yes, he is. Uh, I like that he's supportive of. Uh... But I also don't Shit, like. Wait, what's his name? Mark. Lead character. Mark. Oh wait, what's our gay character's name? William. William. William, William. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, William is a good character. So I like how William is presented as being super supportive of Mark's secret. That was something that he pissed me off with, though. William. Yeah, because he like. He was supportive, but also he, like, weaponized it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to totally tell people. Like, if you don't shut your... Like, how dare... How dare you? How dare you? Take me flying or I'm going to blow your secret identity. You don't understand the ramifications that that could have? I don't think that was a real threat, though. It was Uh, all Mark did. Uh, Mark did. I don't think so. Or he would have told his ass no. No. I think... you Mark only, is not in the habit of telling people you no. You only negotiate with terrorists if you think they'll actually do it. That's an think, extreme if joke. If you think they're bluffing, you stand on your laurels. You, you rest on your laurels, you say no. 
I think it was more he like. He said no, and then he was like, oh, no? Well, then how about if I did this? All right, shit. All right, he got me. I, I don't know do if it was that. My hands but are tied. Maybe. But I think it was more like, all right, William, what the fuck ever? Let's just do this. I thought that was some fuck shit. That was the one thing Agreed. that I thought was some fuck shit. And then even still, still, he didn't care about it enough to to police himself. Oh, yeah, all, after all that stuff with your dad standing right next to Amber, he doesn't know this bitch knows. Like, come on, bro. Like, come on. Okay, to be fair, though, how many of us have experienced protecting our best friend's secret identity? A lot. Really? I mean, okay, put it this way. Let me let me put it into a more real-world example. Again, we talked about our generation, right? Yes. Our generation, and maybe this isn't true for you, but for me, you don't use profanity in front of your elders, in front of adults. Okay. So even though we're saying fuck, shit, bitch, and, and all of the above, if I go to my friend's house and I'm talking to my friend where his parents can hear me, right? I don't let shit like that slip out. I'm not going to drop an F-bomb in earshot of my parents. Sure. I know how to pay attention to what the hell I'm saying and not say some shit like that. It should have been the same for William. You're next to Amber and you're going to fucking just casually let slip oh oops your dad is on me man did i say that out loud my bad like bruh there's all right granted <laughs> but i still don't think it came from a place of malice it wasn't malice but that's what i'm saying is that it's yeah he didn't do a good job of being a good friend of of keeping the secret all right whether he whether it was an accident or not he fucked up and that's why even more so why he shouldn't have told amber because how do you know she's not gonna do the same thing he did he's known him way longer and it's way closer to him. So, should we go ahead and talk about Amber? You mean you guys have this <laughs> thing about Amber. Let me just say it here before you guys just dominate this section. <laughs> Do I think Amber was wrong or was she right to break up with him? Stuff like that. Was she too demanding? She's a fucking teenager. She's dumb. She doesn't know. So is Mark. He's no. dumb. They're all dumb. I agree with this 100%. They're Carry young. On. They're young. They don't know any better. She didn't realize the depth. She didn't realize the damage. So I know It's an easy mistake to make. I know we've Have been, at it, boys. I know we've been talking about the boys a lot, but just to bring another series into this, a lot of people give the legend of Korra a lot of shit. Don't do this. Don't do this. Oh I'm shit! I'm already going to talk about Amber. Don't get me started on Cora. We could get. We could do this. Please hang don't. on. So a I'm lot of people with. give the Legend of Cora a lot of shit because of Cora being annoying or too bullheaded or too ignorant or. I she's swear to God, if you say that they're only saying that because she's a woman and male characters do it, no, right. fucking Hakuna right. Yatata, Zerk. Okay. She's a teenager. She's young. They portrayed a teenager exactly how teenagers are. That's how I the fuck was. <laughs> That's how my little sisters were. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anecdotal evidence is, is, is empirical, but... Because I my... wasn't, and neither was my sister. Fine. So, cancels out. I'm saying. Motherfucker. Zerk. What? I've known you for a minute. And I've been an adult the whole time that you've known me. Ooh. 
You're going to tell me that you today are the same person that I knew 13 years no, ago? No, what I'm telling you is when I was a teenager uh-huh. and my parents said not to do something, I didn't fucking do it. Because my dad would have killed me. And I, that was a thing that I that I had. Like, when we were talking about early, so you never, outside of the show. you never did anything at all, ever, that your parents said no. So you were always a good little boy? I was definitely a square. Until, until I was in a point where I felt like I didn't need my parents for survival. Uh huh. I definitely did almost everything I was supposed to do. Like, I turned off the computer when I was supposed to. I went to bed when I was supposed to. I never snuck out of the house. First of all, that wasn't even something that I felt like was possible for me to do. Like, like my my parents had, especially my dad. Had such a fucking lock on everything, like uh-huh. I couldn't. Like there were a lot of things I found out later, like as my as my as an adult and as my dad was not long for this world. A lot of more things he would have let me do had I been honest with him about my motives, rather than trying to mask it with like something else that I thought sure. was like gonna get the yes. Right. And so again, so I didn't do a lot of stuff because if my dad said no, that was it. And so not that I didn't want to, but it was like, again, my authority figure and my caregiver said that you can't do this. And whether he gave me an explanation or not, I like sleeping in a bed in a house. <laughs> so, you know, I so I, I don't I hate characters like Korra. I hate characters like Boruto. I, and, and that's why I always get on people when they're like, oh, it's only because Korra's a girl. Like, no, fuck Boruto. No, too. she's Boruto not a girl. The same shit. She's fuck young, too. And that's not an excuse. I don't because agree. Because you're old enough to understand language. Okay. And so no means no. Okay. But you're also at that age, though. Like, if you're if you're so young that you're, like, two, three years old and you don't get, you don't know what consequences are. You don't know what, like, life is. Like, when you're a teenager, you fully get it, but you just think that you know better than everybody else. Fuck you. You don't. So, no. Humble yourself. Hold on. Hold on. But that's just it. A lot of people, a lot of young people don't have the opportunity to humble themselves. And in Cora's case, I feel like we're just a huge tangent right now. You humble yourself by listening. But in Cora's case, she was groomed to be something and never had any autonomy. So for the first time in her life, she was she gave herself autonomy and didn't know what to do with it. But let's bring this back to Invincible. <laughs> I told you not to go there. <laughs> you did this. You heard me, Adrian, say not to do this, right? Yes. Okay. I'd so, also like to point out Naruto sucks. Ooh. I gave it 50 episodes. It was not interesting at all. Gotta it's ignore it. that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It, we, gotta gotta about tangents, like, <laughs> we gotta stay focused. No, he so, brought up Boruto, which yeah. probably is worse. Uh, apparently now it's good, but I didn't make it that far because fuck Boruto. Because he doesn't fucking listen. He doesn't listen. He's so, so annoying. Let's talk about the character that we're here to talk about, which is Amber. Amber. Yeah. Listen, I'm sorry. Hang on, hang on. Before you, we'll get there. One second. So, Amber represents Mark's primary romantic interest throughout the series. Even though the series makes some very vague allusion at the possibility of some connection, of some uh, chemistry between him and Adam Eve. His primary interest throughout the series, it... We could, we'll talk about this, mm-hmm. is this character named Amber. But by the way, on, this, on the topic of voice casting, 
is voiced by Zazie Beats, who, oh, I love her to death. Uh, that being said, the problem that we that we are faced with is there are several. Mo- so he faces the Peter Parker Mary Jane problem, which is where he struggles to balance his superhero life versus his personal life, and in this case, his relationship with Amber. Mm-hmm. To the point where there are several points throughout the series where she feels like she is being taken advantage of or not being respected or considered as a person. Okay. So it is then, hang on. It is then at some point, and Mark himself struggles with the idea of revealing his secret identity to her with the idea that if she only knew, it would explain everything. It would explain why... I'm often not around, why I miss dates, why I'm always late. It's because I'm out there saving the world. And then we reach a point in the series where they have another moment of, like, she's done. Like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this disrespect. And he, Mark, thinking that it's a get-out-of-jail-free card, reveals to her that he's a superhero. And that that's why he's always late to shit or not there. It's because he's off saving the world. And she's like, yeah, I know. And therein lies the problem. Go ahead, Zerk. Okay, so I will give you (laughs) initially, before we knew, before she ever said, oh, yeah, I know. Right. All the instances where he gave these half-cocked excuses as to why, like, or he left her hanging or whatever. Right. I felt like there were better ways for him to... Have handled that? To have handled that. Like, even the first date where she was supposed to be studying at his place and he just left her in his place for two hours. Right. What the fuck? Like, yeah, something came up. You told her something came up. But don't tell her, wait there. Be like, <laughs> let's fucking reschedule. Go home. Go get food or something. I'll call you when I get back. Like, don't just sit in my room by yourself in a new place. Only my mom's here. That's just not awkward at all. Like... <laughs> So, yeah, Mark is at fault there. Like, in a few instances where it was like, you could have definitely not. When he was like, when he had to go to Mars and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going somewhere. Uh huh. Where yeah. are you going? Uh, there's. Like, I have a thing. It was like dirt or whatever. Right. Just fucking say you're going to Morocco or something. Like, say a place. <laughs> say a place. And be like, I, I don't have international service. I don't have international service Self-service, on my phone, yeah. so I'm not going to be able to text you until I get back. Like, you know. Oh, th- this is about the Mars episode where you're yeah. like, yo, yeah. I'm dipping. Yeah. But I'm like, say other shit. Like, he was so dumb and like just being They're big, dumb. big as shit for no reason. Like, come on, But bro. teenagers are dumb. And so then. Have you not watched a horror film? So. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't. Um. But then, true. We talked about that. So then we find out, like you said, she figured the shit out. Mm-hmm. By the time he was standing next to her, they got attacked. He disappeared to change into his costume, save her fucking life. Sure. And the life of William and whoever the hell was surrounding. She's watching him get kind of dishragged. <laughs> He gets dishragged a lot in this series. In front of her, she's watching this happen. She sees that not only is he trying to save her life, but he's also also almost failing at it and still does it. If that don't make you go, damn, 
this nigga's doing that shit for me. That's my man. The fact that she was like, she was like, no, I knew, but because you didn't tell me, fuck you. Like, no, fuck you. You really watched that happen and still said, fuck me. I, w- I should have let your ass get fucking broken in half by this fucking BDSM Robocop. BDSM Robocop. <laughs> so. It's a take. I don't know if it's the best, but it's a take. Well, here's the thing. And it's a problem I've had with comics for a very long time. What is our current history of comics? 80 plus years? About uh, 85. Yeah. And what have we learned in that 85 years of history? Secret identities don't fucking work. Did you really have to shout? Yes. So. Sometimes? No. They when? They don't work for Spider-Man, man. They don't work for Superman either. They don't work for anybody. Eventually, eventually, the people you love in comic books will become a tool used against you. We know this for a fact. So after 85 years, we should be writing stories where the heroes are smart enough to know That knowledge is power. Fucking G.I. Joe was trying to tell us that knowing is half the battle for 30 fucking years. Okay? Like, we know this. Spider-Man is a great example. There's only so many times Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, Carly, Black Cat, or any of... Because... Fucking Peter fucks, by the way. I just want to point that out. Peter does fuck. There's only so many times you can realize that villains are going to find out who you care about and they're going to use it against you before the logical resolution is inform the people you care about. But that's okay. I feel like you have to get to a certain level in that relationship. And that's why it was different to tell William and trust William. Because but he, he didn't got- tell William. William found out. William found out because he was fucking protecting him from yeah. BDSM Robocop. Okay. Yeah. And then he was like, which, by the way, William possessed the power that nobody in the DC universe has, which is he looked at this motherfucker and said, hey, he looks like my friend. <laughs> I mean, he was very close to him. But, but Lois Lane has been close to Clark Kent a lot of times. Okay. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Okay. So in the, in the, in the, in the yes. Superman reference, in the Spider-Man reference, like... That's his main main. Like, it's not just somebody he's dating. Like, right. they might have, they started, do when they started dating, they didn't know. Right. They have to earn that. Right. They have to, you have to get to a level of trust with that person. He had that level of trust with William. Right. He, and he still didn't tell him until William found out. Amber doesn't get that out the gate. Who are you? It's a high school relationship. You might break up with me next week because I didn't text you good morning. But How am I going to tell you some shit like that and my father's, I'm a superhero, my dad's Omni-Man? Fuck out of here. You don't get that yet. So here's you my issue, though, yet. is after 85 years of comics, I don't think the secret identity concept works. I don't think that it's a viable concept that we can still find believable. Because as soon, literally, the moment you know that a character has a secret identity, as soon as you know that fact... They use it as a plot device. You know that that's going to be used as a but plot because device. because they use it as a plot device. So I don't think that secret identities don't work. 
I think that writers come to a point in time where they're like, let's stir some shit up. Let's put that secret identity in jeopardy. Doesn't mean it doesn't work. Doesn't mean that there's not a superhero that can keep their secret identity because the writing is that good and the writers never have to use that as a plot device. Would both of you gentlemen kind of agree that maybe Amber dumping Mark and her, oh yeah, I knew you were invincible. Yeah, I knew you were a superhero. Right. Spending time with me is more important than saving the world. Is bucking... It's bucking the trend of the secret identity trope. It's a good way to undo that. Because what do we get at the end of this of this series? A rekindling of that relationship. Vaguely, yes. Va- yes. She's coming to him at his at his worst moment and it's like, all right, let's at which point I let's talk about this. Again. Yo, bro, you don't know how good that that, you know <laughs> that loving is. <laughs> There's not any. Good enough. So here's my thing. As a wow, person, you are a very uh, as a well-traveled individual. Yeah. As a person <laughs> who is actively um, actively aware of my own shortcomings, I can't put myself in a position where I can't accept someone recognizing their own their own shortcomings. their own shortcomings. Yes. Uh, so with Amber, at the end of the day, when she was there for Mark. Don't get me wrong. I want to say for the record, I don't like Amber. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're I, an Adam Eve shipper. That's a better ship. It's a better ship, but I don't... It's not sh- technically a ship. Some of us haven't read that comic. <laughs> I haven't read it. Uh-oh. Wait, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, for the record, I actually struggle with romance and comics a lot because I struggle really hard to find a time when it was ever done well because at the end of the day i feel like you either use the female or the significant other as a damsel in distress or just a convenient plot device to cause conflict Mm -hmm. and i struggle with that Mm -hmm. as someone who likes comic books which is why unlike most of the people in the spider-man fandom i don't hate one more day for those of you who don't know, One More Day is a point in Spider-Man comics where because of a deal he made with Mephisto to save the life of Aunt May, in exchange for that deal, Mephisto undid his marriage to Mary Jane and said, I am going to feed off of that lost love that your two souls will share with each other for the rest of eternity. It's a little far-fetched, but... I was happy to see Peter back at a point where he's not tied down to Mary Jane because throughout his history, Mary Jane is in- <laughs> Mary Jane is inevitably used against him. Mm-hmm. One of two things happens. Either A, she's captured by the villain, or B, she goes, I can't deal with this anymore, Peter. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with you going out there, and I never know if you're going to make it back alive. Like, that happens so many times. It happens in, it's, it happens in Black Lightning. Too. Yes, I know! <laughs> Which I hate Lynn as well. Yes! In Black Lightning because of that. And I'm so done with that. Like, I hate that trope. Which is what... Fuck, so many tangents. But fuck but it. But no, but this is why I liked Mark's mom. Yes. Because she never... We'll get there. Hang on. Because I agree. I agree with you 100%. Uh, but this is why, and this is why I'm, I'm really mad at Marvel. There is a time in Marvel Comics when Peter was courting Carol Danvers. 
a superhero who was inarguably like at least eight years older than him. That doesn't matter. The point is, she's also way stronger than him. That's fine. But I liked that. I liked the idea of them setting up a relationship for Peter where he didn't have to worry about her. Yeah. Where he could just be with her. I agree. I agree with that too. Uh, Shit, man. We're we're so far from the point here. When it comes down to... I keep trying to bring it back in. I know, man. But I have so (laughs) many thoughts and my brain's all over the place. When it comes down to Amber, I feel like in her mind, and she's wrong. I get that she's wrong. Mm -hmm. Because in the universe of superheroes... There is a legitimacy to protecting the privacy of those that you love. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, again, for the record, I don't like her. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, she feels, damn, like, what about me made him think that I wouldn't be here for him if he gave that to the me? The shit is fresh and new. I get that. I but, understand. See, my thing is, okay, it would have been different. If she said, yes, I figured it out, but because I figured it out, I thought about it, and I realized that I need somebody who has more time to devote to me. I agree. A hundred percent, that would have been a not, much better take. I figured take. it out, but fuck that because you didn't tell me. Bitch, like, no. You're not supposed to get told yet. So I agree. That would have been a much better way to handle the situation. Is that in? It should have been a situation where she's like, that's fine. And I, fine for me. I agree with what you're doing. Right. Protect the world. Right. But I need more than that. Yeah, she fucking shamed I'm him okay for it. I'm okay with that. Hello? She did shame him for it. And that's where I think she fucked up. Yes. But again, I draw that line to she's stupid because she's a kid. Not also, she was emotional at that moment. Not an excuse. She was in You need to stop letting people off the hook just because they're younger than us. What about emotional? You still. What do you mean? She was emotional. That's also, she- not a fucking excuse. So you don't let your emotions you run think, high? You think any- you never once said something you wish you regret? You wish you took back? Yeah, and it's not an excuse. I still said it, and it still affected the person the way it affected them. I mean, yes. I'm not saying it as an excuse. I'm saying it as a reason to why she but did it's it. Not, but it's understandable. But I've done that as an adult. It's not a teenager thing. It's a it's a human thing. I don't it know about you, human. but I definitely did it more as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm about, I've been, I've remained consistent. I think. All right, um, <laughs> so you were a nice boy. No, Fuck no, off, sir. no. Hey, man, like I didn't I said, know no. your fucking the I microphone said, stand could reach that high on that pedestal you was on. I'm sure everybody's laughing just as hard as you at home. Um, Whatever. I'm not saying that I never did it. I'm saying I did it, but I'm saying I didn't do it more because I was younger. That's what I'm okay. saying. Okay. I did. Like we, Yeah, we all fuck up and like just to dismiss that as an excuse of like, oh, we're, they're just a kid. Like, no, no, because, but because we're supposed to be le- nurturing legit- our kids to, to be better. Zerk, there's literal people hating on a fictional character with the amount of vitriol that puts hating Charles Manson to shame. <laughs> All right. This is a this, uh, calm down, son. It's just a drawing. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Like, the amount of people that hate Amber is fucking massive. And I just, I figured this would be a good way to explain, okay, this is why. And it's, again, I'm not saying it's an excuse. Uh, Please don't get it that way. 
but it is understandable if we were to be put in her shoes with that rationale and that and what we were thinking and to be that young again i'd probably say some shit to hurt my significant other in that moment because i'm out for blood i think the reason that so many people hate amber despite her being a teenager is that we've experienced somebody like her in our life agreed that's that's and that's it wasn't a, fair that's to a good us point. then it's not fair to us now and it's not fair to march so here's my thing on Is amber it, or we're moving on in general okay in terms of a situation like this i try my best to not judge someone on their worst moment because we've all done something shitty mm-hmm. to somebody mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. I don't want to define the people I care about. You, Adrian. You, Zerk. Literally, two of the people, by the way, in my life that I've known the longest. I'm not. I don't want to defi- define you too by your worst moment because I know there's more to you than that. Hey, hold out hope. My worst <laughs> moment may just come. <laughs> so you ain't that, seen nothing I yet. Admire, I admire that you think I'm not done yet. <laughs> So, <laughs> you don't think I'm not done? You have a Twitter? So, <laughs> my point is that I think we're getting one of Amber's worst moments here. And I'm, again, we're one season into the show, and I'm, I'm willing to not let that be the thing that defines her as a person. Which I did see a picture, if they bookmarked in the comic, in the Omni, where season one ended. There's at least three more seasons to come. Oh yeah, <laughs> at oh, least. Yeah. I, I also even been four or five. there's something I don't think none of us has touched on about Amber and how different she is from the comic. In the comic, she's like Mark's biggest cheerleader. I thought you right. didn't read it. I no, he did. Oh, I was the one that well, did. He did some research, my dad. Okay, right. dude, it's 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 it's, it's acceptable. I'll Carry accept- on. I'll try to get content. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, fuck me for reading on something. Uh, so Amber in the comic is kind of like the biggest cheerleader. At least that's what I've little I've read of the character. Mm-hmm. And not only that, there's something else. In the comic, she's white and blonde. Mm-hmm. And here she's uh, African-American. And that's something to, to truly enjoy here. However, well, see, I did see uh, I saw people upset about that. Because they're like, okay, you're going to change her to disagreeable and ignorant. So instead of having her be white and like that, you made her black for it to make more sense for her to be like that. Wow. That is... I that didn't is, see that argument. I saw that argument. Well, see... That is fair. But my point is, I think if for her to be her own character, her own reasons for being, her own reasons to be with Mark, her own... Um, God, genesee qua, for lack of a better word. Um, I think it's important to show that this this thing can be different. This character can be different, and we could have something with more substance. And I and I I would I think that's better off for that. I you agree. Know, you know what I mean? Yes. Because all if you do, oh, it's a chair. If you do, if you do the white blonde blue-eyed girlfriend from the comic 
you're already having this expectation that she's going to be the cheerleader. And you already have that. Right, which is why it would have been better to change her to not the cheerleader and throw you off from what you expect and, and destroy the tropes rather than perpetuate the trope of that coming from a black woman. I agree. I can't speak on that because I'm the wrong skin tone on that one. <laughs> I mean, no, you can. I'm just saying. Cause no, about no, tropes. I'm being recorded, brother. We're about dismantling I... tropes. <laughs> okay, so I, I on the topic of tropes, I actually want to talk about a trope that is handled in this series that I fucking hate in most other series. Okay. You know in anime... When there's like the 10,000 year old goddess or spirit that's in the body of a little girl. Monster. Oh, fuck. Lolly shit. Here Monster we go. girl. I actually thought about bringing that up too. But. So first off, I like their portrayal of Monster Girl. She was fine. But how do we feel about the way Robot... So they're both adult people. Right. But nonetheless, Robot saw her in the physique of a child and was so attracted to her that he was willing to steal someone's identity no, he knew, he to knew, be with he her. He knew about her. His whole thing was trying to save her. Like, I think he's trying to release her from her curse. But he still chose the body of a young Rex to, in order to him, for him to be more attractive to her. Damn, that does make sense. It's <laughs> weird. It's a weird choice to make. So, like, an example I make, all, uh, uh, like, the, my perfect example of this is, uh, what the fuck is this show? Seven Deadly Sins. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Seven Deadly uh -huh. Sins? Okay. So, there's that one chick that, fuck, I forget his name. What's the name of the dude who looks like a little boy? Meliodas? No. Yes. But oh, King? King. Yes. So, King has an interaction not only with that forest spirit who he has a relationship with, but we also find out that him and Diana... Deanna? He loves her. But he knew her since she was a baby. And, and then develops a romantic relationship to her. It's still fucking weird. She's still thick, though. <laughs> Diana's best girl, first of all. So, like, let's just, we can just stop. If that Amber game. was thicker, would I you would, be more forgiving? I would like to give a, a across the table high five, though. Because <laughs> I agree 100%, my guy. But. It's a so I don't like that trope. I don't like where anime tries to excuse a lowly character just because she's a thousand year old. I think it's weird. Do you excuse this? But at the same time, though, in Japan, it's acceptable for them to still be whatever age they look. So the thousand year old thing isn't trying to appease you because they'll just fucking make her a, a teen, a, a child if they want to. Right, but look I feel like no that's game, no life. that's excuse that's incest and lowly. But I feel like that's excusing, like that's excusing child pornography. And no, because I'm like I'm saying, their culture doesn't feel the same way about it that we do. So they they don't have to make them a thousand years old, quote unquote, to make it socially acceptable. They can make them still twelve years old and it still be socially acceptable. So I don't think that they're doing that for Across you. They're not the board, doing that for you in America. No, that's they're not true. <laughs> but anyway, my point is. I don't know how I feel about Robot taking – so Robot was a really interesting character for me because not only did he arguably – Definitely a creep. Definitely a simp. Yes. He's definitely simping for Monster Girl to the point where not only does he decide, okay, I clearly need to make myself flesh so I can fuck. Yeah. 
because that's clearly what this is about. Yeah. But then he steals his teammate's DNA and copies his copies his teammate, but he makes him a teenager so that he looks right with that's Monster what, that's Girl. That's what I feel like. I feel like it's definitely there's definitely some incel going on there. But okay. it's like I was talking to you about off the show as well. Like, even though I don't agree with the things incels do and say. I can imagine, like, there was a crossroads in my life where I could have easily become an incel or I could have fucked. <laughs> Luckily, I took path B instead of path A, right? Okay. So it's like, I get where they're coming from in that. I get where he's coming from. So, yes, it's wrong and it's creepy, but it's like, I think any one of us men, straight men, has potential to go down that road. And so... I get why he doesn't realize that it's not okay. Like, so my, as somebody who fucks, I can realize why it's not okay. I agree. But if I was somebody who didn't, I wouldn't get why that's wrong. So my issue is, is that I don't know how to handle these characters. Because you and, fuck. <laughs> maybe. But my point is, I don't, I just wish that we would stop using them. Stop using but the adult real. woman stop, in a little girl's body. that real shit doesn't exist. Where is the real situation where there is an adult woman in a 12-year-old's body? Oh, no, I thought you meant the situation, the robot situation. No, no, no. I'm talking about specifically for Monster Girl. Gotcha, gotcha. Stop making these characters because there's no good way to do it. Mm. Either one, you have to accept the fact that she is an adult woman. And as a result, she is entitled to all the rights that an adult woman is entitled to. Which includes a sexual relationship and feeling ro- and feeling physically attractive. Also but, drinking a beer. And drinking a beer. Absolutely. But at the same time, she's in the body of a 14-year-old girl. Which means we are inherently required to sexualize that 14-year-old body. Well, here's the Just thing. stop writing these no, characters. But this, here's the thing, right? What you are calling a 14-year-old body... There are adult women that are in bodies like that. I know one personally. Like, just that I only know one doesn't mean she's the only one in the world. Right? So, at the same time, they have struggles as real adult women. And that's what I feel like they portrayed with Monster Girl, where she's like, I'm fucking 24. And nobody wants me because I look like a child. And they, they don't want to believe that I'm 24 because I'm in this body. But I am. Like, I know a woman who's older than me. Who has this quote unquote 14 year old body and voice, height, everything. And it's like, should she just be alone for it? Because she's not gonna suddenly grow six inches I mean, and, and like get a deeper voice. Like, should she just not have anybody love her and have no re- romantic relationship as because someone she has who, that body? As someone who is dating a woman who still regularly gets carded for drinks despite the fact that she's my age, I get that. But nonetheless, you're, when when it's drawn in a fictional pre- in a presentation, that is a child. We are looking at a child, and then we're looking at robot, and we're knowing they go fuck. Well, you look and at that's, Rex and knowing they go fuck. No, it's the it's yes, it's it's she's the, definitely not giving it to robot. It is robot though. She's definitely gonna give it to Rex. No, like, it's not no Rex. Actual Rex explosion. No, Aww. she's not. It's robot, dude. Right, but he's saying that she's not. She's gonna friend zone robot. Right. 
no. to go fuck Rex. Yes. No, that's not what's happening. I've, I hope not. I've read the comics. It's not what's happening. Well, thanks for the spoilers. <laughs> well, the, they said they're going right. different from the comics. I want to go completely in a different direction. Please. <laughs> so. This has been super uncomfortable. I agree. I'm sorry. So, throughout the series, we're led to believe that the Batman insert is Darkwing. Yes. What, what, one second. Yes. The Fan Freaks podcast does not advocate for any form of pedophilia. Absolutely not. <laughs> just, Absolutely not. Uh, just, just. Just I feel like we don't have to say that because I've right. been ranting about that for the past no, and I've 30 minutes. No, I've been wrong a lot of times. <laughs> just just want to so, make it clear. So, we're led to believe that the Batman insert for the series Dark is this Wing. character named Darkwing. But it's not. But it's not. It's Cecil. I had a feeling you were going to go there instead. See, I thought that was the Lex Luthor insert. No. no. Cecil? No. Yeah. What? Wh- where is the bad bone in his body? Lex isn't always bad. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. We're gonna, we're gonna use. Oh, nuance. I'm sorry. I read a lot more than you. We're gonna use nuance, though. Him, not you. Oh, okay. I was gonna <laughs> say, we're, we're gonna motherfucker. Use... I know Lex. No, I'm saying we're gonna, I... we're gonna use nuance for the argument. Or are we gonna use, you know, what is is generally accepted and known? The Lex Luthor is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say, I'll say the same thing to you. That Tune says, in for our next episode of Fan Freaks where we talk where no, question no. of the weeks, Iggs, Lex Luthor, or a piece of shit. I'll say the same thing to you that I said to Doc before you got here. When we have discussions like this, I could be like, yeah, people have 10 fingers and 10 toes. What you essentially did was go, but there's amputees. They don't all necessarily have, come on, bro. If I can generally say somebody's a piece of shit. Don't be like, well, not always. That's the same as saying like, well, not always people don't have Yeah, ten. because there's some, some... Some people have four fingers or some people have six fingers. Look, I'm sorry, but there's different interpretations of Lex. There's Earth 3 Lex where he's actually a good character okay. and Again, he's fighting the Justice and, and that's Lord. the amputee that happens to not yeah, have but ten Adrian, toes because he lost I a leg. Say, when I say the word, when I say the name Lex Luthor, you know that's not who I'm talking about. Right. Because otherwise, I would have said Red Sun Lex, or I would have said Injustice Lex, or I would have said... No, when I'm talking about Lex Luthor, I'm talking about the piece of shit in the comics who can't get over the fact that Superman is better than him at a few things. Like, it's obvious that nothing's a monolith. Yes, exactly. But I want to talk... So I want to talk about the real uh, Batman Batman insert, insert, because it's not Darkwing. Because Darkwing literally does nothing in this fucking show. Except die. It cease except die. It's Cecil. <laughs> Which brings me back to what I was originally saying. The voice cast for this show is fucking incredible. Walter Goggins fucking Cecil. Walter Goggins is Cecil. We have our boy, J.K. Simmons, as Omni-Man. Yep. We talk, even though we shit, we, we talk shit about it. But we talked about The Walking Dead earlier. We got Steven Yen as uh, Mark. Mark. Yep. Fucking, for those community fans in the audience, Jillian Jacobs did not Britta her performance Ooh. as Adam Eve. She did a great job. Even, like, Seth Rogen plays the fucking... Alan the Alien. Alan the Alien. Thank you. Uh, Zazie Beats, I mentioned, is uh, Amber. Mark Hamill is Art Rosenbaum. The, the creator of the of the superhero costumes. Sandra O. Oh, yeah, dude. Wow. That's Mark Hamill. Sandra O oh is Debbie's Sandra pretty good. Sandra O is Debbie. 
Okay, and one of my favorite actors, because he always plays the same guy, no matter if he's just like an oh, entrepreneur. Like William. Kind of, <laughs> but he plays the same, no matter if he's the entrepreneur of a cologne company in Parks and Recreation, or whether he's uh, uh, an invented supernatural male figure in The Good Place, we got Jason, and I'm so sorry, Jason, not that you listen, doesn't matter, Mansukis plays the voice of Rex, and he's so fucking good. And one of my favorites, Zachary, yes, and Zachary Quinto is the voice of Robot. And then, as fucking, like, superhero, animated series superhero simps. You didn't draw the parallel between a lot of the names that you said, so I'm kind of lost on a lot of them. I only know. Oh, so Stephen Yang plays... uh, it's the pizza boy with the hat and in The uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. He meets Rick. Did you watch Walking Dead or read Fuck, Walking Dead? It doesn't Dead? matter. J.K. Simmons. Saying, is, are, they, are they like the same trope? Is that why you're no. saying it's good? Or no, they're it's just, just people you like. It's just a lot of times. Also known from, you know, it, type of thing. Well, what it is is a lot of times they're standout actors in whatever they're in. Got you. Okay. Like J.K. Simmons. So it's a star studded cast. Exactly. It is a star studded cast. And I wanted to bring up that it's not just like J.K. Simmons. A lot of us know him as J. Jonah Jameson in the Raimi trilogy. But he was in shit before that. He was in Oz. J.K. Yeah. Simmons was the leader. He's of also the... speaking about Korra. He's, in he's the Bridges, voice. Right? I no, didn't no. watch Twenty One Bridges. He's the voice of Tenzin in Legend of Korra. That makes sense. J.K. Simmons is a goat. He's the best. I'm, but pretty, then... I'm pretty sure he's the main bad guy in Twenty One Bridges. With with um, I haven't seen that. Why can't I? Chadwick Boseman. Shit, I couldn't remember his name. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then we also have some, like, real, like, animated voice actor royalty here. Because we have Martin fucking Hamill. Clancy Brown is the voice of Damien. Yeah, Damien Darkstrom. Yes. D- Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor in the original, like, Justice League animated series. Okay. Fucking a legend in Geek... Uh, Ross Marquard, who started off just doing fucking uh, impressions of celebrities on YouTube, is here in Amazon Original Series. I love that shit. Mae Whitman, she's the evil ex-girlfriend in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She's in it. So you have a lot of the... And also, uh, uh, Michael... Sorry. Who does she play? What's the girl? Uh, Mae... That's a good question. I actually don't know. Uh... No, she's Fightmaster. She's the, the 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 fuck man. Don't worry, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I also and also we have like Michael Kevin Richardson, who is like one of the genies on Aladdin on Broadway, huh. but he's also like done like shit in like the Cleveland Show and Lee. He's the voice of Gantu and Lee in Lilo and Stitch. Okay. And he's the voice. Fuck. What's their name? The the clones. The the evil. The bad guys who clone themselves uh-huh. and don't tell. Mauler. Mauler. He's the voice of the Mauler twins. Okay. Yeah. As someone, again, I mentioned earlier, I love Critical Role because I love voice actors. By virtue of being pretty involved in the convention scene of South Florida, I know a lot of voice actors. Yeah. And I love seeing voice actors in shit. So I love like. All of these voice actors, it's just an awesome cast. Yeah, yeah. And I love Amazon taking the time 
to balance out like, okay, we have Hollywood actors and then we have voice actors. Let's bring all of that together to produce what is arguably for me one of the best voice performances in an animated series we've had in a while. Because there's well, a... I think I think that also lends to the fact that it is not dubbed. Yes. That it's originally in Sure. But I agree, but there 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 is a trope in Hollywood where that's not how people talk. Yeah. Cuz there is a lot of movies that we watch where the lead character doesn't talk the way people talk to each other. Right. right. And even though there is some of that in Invincible, for the most part a lot of the dialogue felt very believable to me and I'm here. Yeah. So, with all that being said, we've kind of gone all over the place on this. But that, I think, speaks to the value of Invincible as a show. It's really well written to the point where we can sit here and probably talk for another three hours about, like, some of the shit this show presents. But at the end of the day, let's talk about to where this show ends and why it mattered. Because the climax of this show at the end of the day is Mark, who, despite his father being a Vitramite, Viltramite, Viltramite, At the end of the day, he sees himself as human. And when he took... So the the, the climax of this show is him finally accepting that... Or knowing, rather, that his father is not human. And does not have our best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. So he had to make a decision. Do I accept the path of lineage... And blindly follow my father? Or do I accept the path of how I was raised? Which is I am a human. And this is wrong. And I like the way this show tackled that. Like the dichotomy of it. Yes. Because I think we can all agree. Mark did not win. Right. Well. Right. Mark. That's just it though. Debbie won. Debbie won. Because at the end of the day... She softened him enough for that to happen. Exactly. Yes. So, by the way, that is one of the best fucking moments in this show. Because, like, when he said this shit, I was like, oh, how dare you? When he refers to... How dare to, you out her kinks? <laughs> I've seen that post. <laughs> but when he... Because there is... So there is... The, the conflict between Mark and Omni-Man takes place over the course of a whole episode. Right. But they have little interactions, little conversations in between. And Mark is like, what about mom? You love her. And then Omni-Man says... I'm going to tell you... Hold on. I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to tell you, believe it or not, I I definitely predicted that line. I knew he was going to say that. Fair enough. Uh, She was a pet to me. So, but it's nonetheless, whether you predicted it or not, it's a devastating line. To hear your father say that your mother was not a partner, was not his wife, he says she was more like a pet. That also makes him pretty gross. Agreed, 100%, because he's fucking his pet. Who does that with their Yeah, who fucks their pet? Agreed. But I think that's a part of that line that matters, is to illustrate that he is gross. There is an inherent like superiority to him that goes beyond morality. And this is what we're left with. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, when Mark 
which arguably Marcus here is pulling a Captain America. Right. Because several times throughout that end combat, Omni-Man clearly has him beat. Various Mark, times. Yes, yeah. various times. And what does Mark do? He gets back up. Mm-hmm. It is the quintessential, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. It's not about how you can hit. It's about how you can get hit. <laughs> get back up. You're right. Thank you, Rocky. That's 100% it. So, what this, what the, the, the crux of it is, when Omni-Man is sitting there beating Mark to death, because he was about to kill the boy, right. it is inarguably, like you said, like hey, you guys Mark, said. what are you going to have after 50 years? <laughs> yeah. I'll still have you, Dad. Oh, my heart. Ooh. Game over. <laughs> By the way, that line is not delivered that way in the comics. Mm. And it's much better in the show. Mm. That whole interaction is so much, it carries so much more weight the way they did it in the show. Nice. Because I appreciate, it's because they give ample value to Omni-Man questioning his humanity. Because that's inarguably what he does there. Right. Yeah. At that moment, he questions how much of him is human. And it's and what he realizes is it's his love for his son. I think more that's it, the part I of him that's more, human. He questions how much of what he ta- was taught could possibly be wrong. You're right. I agree with that. Yeah. How much? So yeah, he has that moment of self-reflection. Right. Which is. Maybe just serving the Viltramite cause without question is not the right way to do this. And that's what causes him pause. Because he could have killed Mark. None of us watching that series think that Mark could have won that fight. That was not a Goku moment. He was not going to go Super Saiyan Mark. No, (laughs) that's it. He was done. But Omni-Man had a moment of reflection that while, yes, was based in his relationship with Mark, at the end of the day, it was Debbie. It was Debbie that showed him that baseball scene. These moments are the moments that make human life matter. I really like that. I really like giving value to the inconsequential. Because a baseball game doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things. Right. Fucking, like, helping someone push their car when they stall down in a road, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. But those moments matter, add up, exactly. And I like that they're presenting that with Mark from a human perspective. What, What I got from that is that Mark lived up to the name Invincible throughout the entire first season. Yes. Because that dude kept fucking almost dying. Yes. Yeah. But and he kept getting back up. Exactly that. No matter how much he got his ass beat, we his didn't, will was invincible. We didn't talk kick about ass. it. More like <laughs> ass kick. <laughs> but we didn't talk about it, but like fucking Battle Beast fucking wrecked him. Oh my God. Dude. <laughs> and I don't even just watch. I feel like, okay, at first I thought it was like, oh, this is a training exercise and he's going to swoop in at the end. But in high I side, thought that in too. High side, no, like, he was high willing side, like, to if, let if, him if die. If he dies now, then I won't have a moral quandary later. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, if I let somebody else do this, that makes what I have to do that much easier. So, really quick, that's the moment that absolutely locked in Omni-Man's villainy. Mm-hmm. That's the moment. It's not the end when he's beating Mark. Or the it's, subway scene. Or the subway scene. No, it's that moment where he's willing to let... Our, we all know Omni-Man could have fucking wrecked Beast, Beastmaster, right? Battle Beast. Battle Beast, sorry. Battle Beast. We know Omni-Man could have taken him to church. But nonetheless, he was willing to sit there and watch Battle Beast destroy his son. Because at the end of the day, eh. What's another 17? What's another 17 years? It's not until that moment where Mark says that thing, I'd still have you, Dad. That Omni-Man does something he's probably never done in his entire life. Which is questioning. Yes! Exactly that. He thinks. For those of you who can't see us, we're pointing at our heads like the Omni Man. Me. Um, so, I'm gonna go ahead and lead us into my final thoughts on the show. I was about to ask. I again, I know we've made a lot of comparisons, but it's impossible not to to compare it to the boys because they both represent these shows that kind of take a mirror to the superhero genre. I like what uh, what Invincible had to say. Because it wasn't just about, ah, look, superheroes probably suck. It was more like, superheroes are just as complicated as everyone else. And that gets more complicated when you add powers to the mix. And I like the way that Invincible presented that. And it presented that with a vehicle of believable characters. And a believable protagonist who doesn't always win at the end. That's probably my biggest thing is that I like that Mark lost. Mark lost hard. Yeah. Plenty of times. Do you have anything to add to your final thought? I am super interested in the lore. I am super interested in actually reading the comics. I would I would like to read and hopefully hopefully see that they do take different directions. It's from, already very different. It is, but to continue doing that, make it a new thing. And I'm fine with the comparison. I, I I understand the comparison that you keep making to the boys. I think Amazon is becoming like the HBO of cape shit, if that makes sense. Okay. Of like superhero stuff, you're going to want nitty gritty shit, some hard hitting stuff. Yeah, you're going to want to go to Amazon, I feel. And I think this is just another notch in the belt, another win. I don't I can't walk away saying this isn't a great show. It might be the show of the year for me. Well, I mean, because of Marvel, I think Disney Plus also is a contender for Cape shit. Um, I agree, but I think what Adrian's saying is if you're looking to get away from the Marvel format, it's yeah. from the cookie-cutter Cape okay, okay. shit, Amazon is presenting us to shows that, that hold the mirror up to the Cape shit okay. universe. Okay. And I appreciate that. I appreciate Marvel taking that stance. Yeah. So, Zerk. Huh, um, Best for last, buddy. Uh, the hot take for last? <laughs> sure. I mean, obviously, I loved Invincible. Okay. I, I'm, I'm ready for the next season. Um, I hear what you're saying, but again, it, this goes back to the argument that we have with every source material for heroes and comics that, that you and I disagree about is that I feel like you take, you're refreshed by the fact that in the world of like a lot of shittiness, 
somebody shines through that's good. Um, my take on it is that, like, at the end of the day, yeah, it worked out for Mark, but that's where I feel like it's that takes away from the realism that the entire series built up because I feel like in real life, it comes down to the strongest person wins. And it's, but, it's usually the hero that's the strongest or they pull out some shit with the power of God and... and, and ultra instinct. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the, so the good people are just stronger because essentially if they weren't, the bad people are just going to win. And so at, in a way, it might makes right. But Mark didn't win though. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But uh, that's why I feel like it's more fake. In the end, it culminates to like more fake because like he needed to be stronger. He was supposed to have been stronger to stop that. Like yes, he appealed to the emotion of the villain, but that's clearly not the end of the story. Right. So, you know, like I feel like Omni Man left. That just gives him time to train. If Omni Man comes back, he has to be stronger. Like sure. there's no way that's gonna work twice. I agree, but at the end of the day, like. Mark didn't win. Correct. He was defeated. But, but it's a, it's like still a draw. It's not over. There's <laughs> no way that's a draw. Yeah, that's not a draw. Omni Man won that. Fight. What I'm saying is, it's not over. No, sure. What was, it was supposed to end with Earth being being Conquered. occupied. Sure. That's I'd, still gonna I'd, happen. I'd though. argue it was the end of the round, and round one goes to Omni Man. You could say that. Yeah, the boxing match isn't over. This was the end of round one. Yeah, but the war is has only. The, the thing is, like, even without, I'm sorry, give me one second. Even without Mark, there's still other heroes on Earth, and they would have gotten wrecked. Yeah, exactly. Because all everyone was, except Adam Eve. He, this show mm. super downplays Adam oh, Eve's no, ability. I, definitely, just hearing her power, I was like, she sounds like she's kind of got like <laughs> so, yes i mean dude. she's re- reality manipulator ain't she's, she she literally yes she is a reality manipulator and the show i feel like the show did a pretty good job of like not including her in a lot of the major combats obvious. because it would have been too obvious fair so again so, so it comes yeah it comes down to yes omni-man like taking the emotion out of it omni-man wins he he goes on with his plan and then Adam Eve takes him down because she's stronger. So might makes right. But I don't think that's what this is going to culminate to. And I think this show, I think this show, is built up enough good faith even in just one season to let us know that it's not going to be that straightforward. Yeah, it's going to come down to something more. Which is why it's interesting. And yes. Again, which is why I like it. I'm just saying that's my one. My final thought it. is that if this was realistic. Where you're like, oh, it's realistic because of like the humanity in people or whatever. But I'm like, no, it's not realistic because it should have come down to the strongest person beating the the the, the bad person. But yeah, but he did though. The strongest person is like, Adam Eve. No, well, okay. <laughs> but the strongest person in the climax was Omni Man, and he won. Yeah. If you agree with any of our takes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to do the... I agree. I, but I, if anything, this goes to show how well this show was presented and that in the, we are inarguably 
in the middle of the apex of cape shit. Like, cape shit is everywhere. Yeah. So in the climate, in the culture of superhero media, Mm -hmm. Invincible still had something new to say. Yeah. And I appreciate that in and of itself because it didn't fall into either the pessimism or optimism. It okay. had something Fair. new to it, bring to It's the certainly table. a gem of the genre. Yes, agreed 100%. If you agree or disagree with anything any of us said, please feel free to reach out to us on our on our on our uh, individual social medias. You can also post on the Fan Freaks Facebook group, which is F A N F R E K S. It's also F A N F R E K S on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at drrudemd, and you can find the dude at Adrian Doodliness on Twitter. And Zerk, where can we find you? Do you have a Twitter? Yeah, I, I recently changed it to, to be consistent with the YouTube. It's the Zerk, so T-H-E-E Zerk, Z-E-R-K. No spaces, no underscores, just T-H-E-E-Z-E-R-K. Um... Also, I think it's shout-outs time. I agree. Uh, I want to thank so much to our, A, our, our freaks in the Facebook group who continue to listen and continue to participate. You guys are the bread and butter of this. We started from you. Thank you so much. I also want to reach out to our Hunt Boys. We got uh, Jeff, Justin. We got Scott, who listens in. My sister, Cheyenne. Dante listens in. I want to thank – I want to steal some of the Bone King's boners. I'm going to reach out to Beefy Sumo and Tara. Thank you guys so much for listening. Who do you got, dude? Um, so I got Robot Stone Age, uh, Cody, and CJ, and Kehlani. I also want to give a shout-out to Nicholas Yuritic, who's been listening. Yes. He's a freak, and he's been listening and supporting and us. he's active. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Um, and if you want to be on, just let, me, let us know. Just uh, hit us up on the Twitter. Do you Facebook. have anyone you want to shout out, Zerk? Oh, I wasn't done. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, I'm sorry. Was sandbagging me like Bone King was here. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. Von Condersmite, the winner of the Hunt uh, sweepstakes that you did. And Lindsay Misleading, our fucking resident Satana. Yes, Lindsay. Thank you once again. We cannot, we truly cannot express enough how important it is, like how much we appreciate you guys being active in Fan Freaks. Because at the end of the day, that's like the root that this tree grew out of. Yeah. This, so it's it's nice to see you guys participating. Thank you for feeding Igrisil. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Zerk, do you got anyone you want to shout out? Um, You know, shout outs to anybody who's listening to this that knows me. Uh, shout out to Galaxy Takeout. That's the camp that I rap with. So Benny Gravitz, featured artist. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing more of my solo stuff apart from GTO, but I'm always like, closely tied with whatever gto is doing (laughs) that being said make sure you guys check them out on youtube as we said multiple times t-h-double-e-z-e-r-k check in with the z that's right (laughs) that's right also check out weeb trash well that's on that's on the youtube right but that was like the thing we're promoting i want to thank you guys once again so much for listening in y'all have a great night you're fucking saints to put up with us for this (laughs) one that's right. right Later, freaks. Bye. I gotta take a shit. Think, dude. If you take a shit now, what's gonna happen when you get home? I take another one. That's a lot of shit. It is. <laughs> Have a very bad time. All right.